Hi, this is Toby Cypress, artist of the White Suits. You're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. And just remember, revenge is best served in a white suit. Sweet. Sweet, sweet sounds of David A. Price, everybody. He's done. Lean back. No, I more am. lean back. When I, when what I, was the fat Mike or whatever the hell a guy fat was? Joe. Oh, fat Joe. Joe, whatever. Is is it P H A T or is it F A T? No, dude, you're embarrassing yourself. It's F A T. Why am I? I have no idea who this person is. Oh. Fat Joe, whatever. How am I embarrassing myself? Because I don't listen to you. are the terror squad. Come on. I don't. Yeah. What, mm. I know we're playing on the next road trip. Ah, uh, for real, that. For no, real. I can't. I cannot friggin' wait. <clears throat> oh, I can't believe Heroes is still six months away. It's a long time. It's, it's all right. We got Cliff and Justin counting down the days. Of course, it's true. There's a con going on right now. I'm trying to uh, secure some art from it. I'm not surprised. Okay. Paradise City Con down in Miami. Did they take you down there? <laughs> no. That wasn't bad, though. Thank you. <laughs> I want to go. Oh, boy. And you wonder why. <laughs> Ain't too proud to beg, sweet darling. Now I'm down with that. Now here's something. All right, I gotta, I'm going to pull it all together for you, Vince. Okay. When we do our intros. You gonna scoop? I'm gonna pull it all together for you. Okay. All right. Well, I guess it's time then, because that's pretty much a segue, and we're all about the segues. Because this is Eleven O'clock Comics, episode five hundred and seventeen, and I am hopefully sounding good, Vince B. You are Melodious, and I am David A. Price. Nice. Yes, you are. And like I said, I ain't too proud to beg, because I'm David Ruffin. Nice. Wow. Uh, that's pretty. But you're now, Vince, now yes. wait. No, before you say you're not, Uh-oh. David Ruffin, for those that don't know, was the lead singer of The Temptations. Sure. He's long since passed away, unfortunately. But do you know where he was born? And this is where you're going to realize that this is some Grant Morrison-level intro machinations. He was born in Kinala, New Jersey. No, that'd be awesome, but no. <laughs> to be honest, I don't think back in the, when he was born in the 40s, there were probably black people allowed in Kinala, New Jersey, if I'm being honest. <laughs> okay, he was born in Charlotte. He was born in Why Not, Mississippi. <gasps> that's awesome. That is some... some. That's better than Grant Morrison level. Thank you. Because you're not Thank looking you. in the mirror when you were saying it. Thank you. Yeah. But you're not David Ruffin. My preferred version of that song is by the Rolling Stones, but hey. Oh, it's, I, that's one of the few Rolling Stones songs I like. <laughs> Did we have contracts <laughs> before we came into this? I think you just voided yours. Because I don't like the Rolling Stones? You didn't even know who Fat Joe was. Oh. <laughs> oh there, are, there are thousands of people giving you the shit eye right now. Fat <laughs> Joe... Rolling Stones. Like, Listeners, chime into the Facebook group. Gun to your head. You get to listen to one song before you die. 
Rolling Stones, Fat Joe. I'm picking Fat Joe. It's not. Oh my God! It's not even a choice. That's like saying you're right. It's not for me. It's Fat <laughs> Joe or, or nothing. I or I'd skip. That's I don't need music. Oh, can we get Chris back? Oh wow! <laughs> wow! Oh my God! That might be the meanest thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> No, you're not David Ruffin. You're the butamus and incredibly intellectual on most levels. Jason wooed everybody. And you don't have to eat a bowl of goat's head soup to get cheap comic books and graphic novels and everything in the previews catalog. All you got to do is go to dcbservice.com. One more time for the people in the cheap seats. dcbservice.com where you can get everything in that big old fat catalog you get every month for a fraction of the retail price. Now, I done it all proper. I picked three where last week I slacked a little bit. I'm sorry. This week, I picked three certified winners. Number one, from Black Mask. It is The Billionaire Killers. Number one, written by Matteo Pizzolo. Art by Sue Lee. Look at the premise of this thing. This could go either way among the 11 o'clock people here. Um, what if the children of the 1% reject their family legacies of global brutality and tear down the billionaire patriarchy? Hmm. Can't with wait. Huh. Good. Yes, I'm down with it. Cover price three ninety nine. Your price two dollar nineteen cents. It is sweet to shop at dcbservice.com. Which cover are you going for? Oh, I I got the Alexi Zerit one. Are you kidding me? Come on. I do it. I paid the extra to get it. Oh, is it extra? Okay. Yes, because usually the main cover is the one that's heavily discounted. Then if you want to wade into the waters of the variants, they charge you a little more. It's like 50 cents more. I, can, I think I can afford it. Um, number two from Dino Might. It is. Jason, you sitting down? I am. Written by Amy Chu. Art by Herman Aramusp. I don't know if I pronounced that right, but that's the way I've always done it. Cover uh, yeah. art by Mike Choi. Yeah. It's the Green Hornet, number one. They're giving it. Yes, they're giving it another go, but Britt Reed Jr., he vanishes, and guess who steps up? A woman's. A woman's. It's Cato. Oh, is it? Yeah. Uh, his daughter Mulan to protect the city and the Green Hornet legacy. So it's, it's Mulan in the, in the guise of the Green Hornet this time, which makes sense. Makes sense. Um, cover price three ninety nine. Your price one dollar ninety nine cent. And last, but certainly not least, from Oni Press, it is the Ballad of Sang, number one of five, written by Ed Brisson, with art by Alessandro Michelli and Shari Chankahama. Kidnapped off the streets of the Philippines, that would be from. As an infant and trained as a child assassin, Sang has never had a childhood. All he's ever known is killing and the kindness of his master, Chen, the closest thing Sang has to a father. When Sang's enthusiasm botches a job, it brings the wrath of Don Minchella down on the pair, resulting in Chen's murder. And uh, I'm guessing that Sang has to deal with it. So, three ninety nine cover price. What are they going to get it for? 
$1.99. Exactly. $1.99. DCBService.com does not mind late orders or order additions, and you get your books in pristine condition, all wrapped up. They use too much tape, in my opinion, but the wrapped up in protective bags with a lot of tape, and you get them safe and sound. Just go there. This time of the year, I don't mind a lot of tape because it tends to uh, waterproof the cardboard a bit more than usual, and and it can be a tad tad wet and snowy in these parts. Yes, especially when your mail carrier leaves your shit out on the porch. Or your... Yeah. Especially. Yeah. Yeah, Gap, if you can position the microphone a little bit closer to your kisser, it would be great. Oh, man. Always with the... Just a little bit. You don't want to give the mic all the love. Or maybe you do. I don't know. Maybe I do. What are we drinking? Who are you asking? Oh, we, collectively. Well, Someone can go. Do you want me to go first? I'm drinking this stuff I had last time. Um, Big old jug. Big old jug. Big old jug of Carlo Rossi Cabernet Sauvignon. Um, It's a California table wine. Yes, it is. So I'm not drinking it at a table. Am I validate, uh, invalidating the Carlo Rossi code? No, I'm pretty sure um, the fact that you were actually drinking Carlo Rossi puts you in a very elite club. <laughs> what about you, Jason? It doesn't have yes, a cork. Correct. Table wine means it's for like food and dinner. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's everyday drinking wine. It's, it's just... But yes. It's good. I like it. it I'm glad. That's all that matters. Okay. Has a cap, not a cork, but still, it's pretty legit. It's legit, Jason says. Yeah. It's too it. legit to quit. I know that one, though. What do you? Yep. What are you drinking, Jason? I am drinking Franciscan Estate Napa Valley Merlot from 2013. Wow. Mine doesn't have a date on it. <laughs> not surprised. Oh, Did they forget God. to put it on the label or something? Oh. No, I think... I <laughs> think it was made last Tuesday. <laughs> probably, yes. Yeah. Probably 2017 vintage review, I guess. Yeah. Down with that. I'm all yeah, about it, the 2017 not, wines. This isn't exactly a wine that needs to age. No, I could drive. Not a lot of breathing going on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I am enjoying a dark red from 2016, uh, like last week. So shout out to Carl and Cliff and now Justin and our boy Chris Revicant. This is 19 Crimes. This is The Banished. Love this label because it's um, dude's face is like scratched out on this uh, on this mugshot. And the cork actually says uh, it, it has crime number 10. So of the 19 crimes that would send you to this penal colony. Uh, number 10, stealing, stealing fish from a pond or river. We'll send you to Australia. Damn. Fish. Hard out here. Seriously. But Man got heat. Well, don't, don't steal food. Um, this is quite, this is my first time having this. I saw the, uh, I saw the bottle and I, I haven't, um, and able to consume everything 19 Crimes puts out, but everything that I have had so far to date has been extremely enjoyable. So um, I 
I'm glad I went with this choice. It's your spot. It's your jam. It's becoming my jam, yeah. Sweet. The wiggle in your walk, the sugar in your shake. Wow. Because the one thing I, I was thinking about having a still, it was it was delivered, and, and it's still a little on the chilly side, and I'm, I'm not, not down with, with, with cold red wine. Cold red wine is the woat. <laughs> right, Vince? It is the woat. <laughs> cold wine's horrible. It's and you know right, what? You know what? The white. When, when someone orders wine and they get ice in it, that's crazy. Ooh. It is baffling. It is crazy. Now, if you're in an island on a vacation and it's 95 degrees and you're by the pool and you went and your wife wants to get a, a wine spritzer or something, all that's right. different. Yeah, but man's man shouldn't be no doing that. No, no. Um, Nap. Yes, sir. Look on the back of your microphone. What is your uh, sound set to? Are you on the second icon from the right? Yes, not the. Um, you're on the cardioid. Not the butt. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because it doesn't sound like it to me. Well, I like our little tet out there before we started tonight. I'm I'm now speaking from the side. I'm not. Hmm. I, I see the tip. Now speak from the tip. Here. Let's see what happens. Well, Isn't now this, you're gonna get mad oh, at me because see, you're gonna be all like, "Oh, I hear riveting radio." See, that's better. That's better already. But it's been. This is how it's. Ben, since well, it shouldn't be, but maybe it works for you. I don't know. Right, maybe you yeah. speak out the side of your mouth or something. It could be, but it sounds time. better. See, it sounds. I just want people to be able to hear you because they love well, you. You're the it's one. True, they do. Aww. One of the most important voices in comics. That's right. <laughs> now, do we have <laughs> any of those? Right, those thank you things we we are so lucky to be able to to get. Nope. No, none. That's that post holiday. Everybody sent us their the stuff for the holidays. So. Well, I I thought so. I, oh. I thought so, but I and and this is this was. Oh, you got to thank you, all. I, well, I, golly. Yes. Um. And and I'm not. I'm not going. See now. Now I'm too close to the mic. I um. Actually, you're not. Well, I I kept hitting it with my. my Your head. dick. Yes. Wow. I swung it over my shoulder, and it's just it keeps. I'm working blue tonight, Vince. The uh, I can see that. Or hear I'm, that. We we have an episode to get through, so I'm not going to run down everything that was in this box, but a huge, massive, insanely large thank you to our boy, dear close friend, Flip a Dimple. Flip sent this box that was delivered the other night, and it is it, it had a bottle of wine, it had a bottle of bourbon. I cannot wait to try the bourbon because dudes this is J.R. Ewing special reserve bourbon <laughs> nice. and, and, and Flip lives a handful of miles away from the South Fork Ranch and, and he's never had this so he's dying mm-hmm. right so I can let him know uh, but but there were there were some books I finally now Jason I finally own a copy of Aphrodisiac oh my god Gods, I know, I know. It, it hurt me to always. I, I, I never. I that was. It was something that I just kept to myself because I didn't want to hurt you. So I, I now actually own it. Um, he sent me a book about uh, Texas barbecue, and if I want to okay. make my own smoker, uh, named uh, Richard a Lockjaw, uh, Funko Pop. 
there's just, I mean, the things that it, it, it was just, it was nuts. And there was, there were peanuts and he, he said that, uh, you know, he apologized for the peanuts, but, uh, if it helps them pretend that it's snow and, and homeboy, I got plenty of snow last week. So I do not need peanuts to make me feel like there's any snow in my house, but thank you so much. Flip. I, um, I love everything that was in the box. I cannot wait to get to these beverages. Uh, so much love to you and to Jess, to Baby J. That's nice. Oh, much love. That's pretty awesome. I like it a lot. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> all right, let's move you on. You comics at all? Or? Oh, I read, uh, you know, <laughs> believe me when I say I read all the comics this week. Yeah, you all were competing, yeah, man. For, for those listening, for those listeners, it's funny sometimes because we, we get on the Slack, we chat up about things. Sometimes we talk about what we're going to read or what we've read and we want to talk about. Sometimes we don't. Vince comes in all, I'm the producer. I run things. He's like, he, he gives Dap and I a list of about 17 comics. He's like, now I want to talk about all of them this week. I want to get through them all. We're like, are we doing an eight-hour episode, fool? We're like, no, well, should we just sit, should we just sit like tight to... and just listen quietly or – no, I'd like to do them fast if I can. Yes, but you doing a review fast is an oxymoron. I know. It's my curse. But we did tag on a bunch of stuff, so it'll be fun. Right. Oh, we will be. Yes. Gots to tag. I have to tag on the shit out of something. But since you, since you got the big list, you 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 lead the way. I'm going to knock th- I'm going to knock 3 right off the bat. Oh, okay. But it's 3 issues of the same book. Okay. So, um I want to talk about a uh, series from Titan Comics who have impressed me immeasurably in are twenty. Are factor into next week? Oh hell yes, yes they okay. are. Um, from Titan Comics, this is written by Mister Peter Milligan. Familiar right. name, yes. Ooh. Illustrated by Alberto Focci. Color art by Jordi Esquin Liorek. It is called, and if you don't know this name, shame on you. Shame for shame. Dan Dare. Numbers one to three. It is a wholesome, feel-good, old-timey, outer space romp. Now, Dan Dare is a very old character. Um, Started in Eagle, migrated briefly into 2000 A.D., um, lots of people have taken stabs at Dan Dare, including um, Titan, not Titan, Virgin Comics, when Garth Ennis took a stab at him, but it was kind of dark when when mm-hmm. Ennis did it, and it just didn't feel right. But this, this has a really cool premise. Um, now, when you say... Speak on it. I am. When you say Dan Dare, those who know the character, what other character immediately pops into your mind? You say, you say Fantastic Four, most of the people are going to think Dr. Doom, right? Okay. Arch nemesis of the Fantastic Four. Uh, Dan Dare's arch nemesis is the Mekon. You've seen him. If you haven't read Dan Dare, you have seen this character. A little green dude who rides on a floating platform. He's a little skinny, got a big head, you know, green, like I said. But um, so Dan Dare and the Mekon have been going at it for a long time. One would concoct a nefarious scheme and the other, meaning Dan Dare, would thwart that scheme and repeat and repeat and repeat. Whenever the Mekon got a, a brilliant idea, he's super smart. Whenever he got a brilliant idea on how to enslave 
uh, Earth and or the galaxy, Dan Dare was always there to slap the little bastard down. That's how it is, right? So um, what the Mekon did, he ran for office. He ran for world president, and he won. And it's mm-hmm. not too far removed from what we got going on now. Mm-hmm. Um, this this little this little bastard got his way into office, but Dan Dare found that he had uh, bilked his way there. He had an EMP device that he used to brainwash the voters into 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 voting for him to make them more more um, susceptible, more willing. To, to cast a vote for him, and he won. So Dan Dare found this thing, and he, uh, and he revealed it, and the Mekon was imprisoned on the moon, put in this ultra-super-high-security prison with um, uh, this technology, quark technology, that stops messages from going in, signals. Nothing can get in, nothing can get out. If you don't mm-hmm. have the proper clearance to get into this prison... The gate that you pass through will scatter your atoms across the, the galaxy. So they're not taking any chances. They got him down. And when the story starts, it's five years after the fact. Peace and prosperity have reigned on Earth. The Mekon is sequestered on the moon, can't cause any harm. And Dan Dare is incredibly bored doesn't know what to do because it was his life it's like batman and the joker when the joker's away batman can't play but he has a lot of other villains but just pretend you know the arch nemesis is gone what do you do without you i'm i'm not defined i i I lack meaning I, i have no purpose so he's he's literally working you know a desk job and clerical stuff and overseeing things and he's He's bored out of his mind. Mm-hmm. And so he, half serious, you know, just wishes, I wish that something would appear to just alleviate this boredom. Oh, God. And what do you know? On the fringes of uh, our solar system, a gigantic train ship appears. Now, the Mekon is a train, but he's not unlike other trains. He's a super train. He's, he's, there was some genetic manipulation going on. He, what he lacks in size, he makes up for in brain power. So he was made the way he is. He does not resemble the majority of the trains. And so this giant ship appears, and the shit hits the fan. Everybody goes crazy, and, and uh, Dan Dare's like, oh, did I cause this? Did my wishing for this ship to pop up, you know, what? so what do I do? But here's the cool spin on this entire story. The Mekon is playing it straight. He's like, all right, I'm imprisoned. Uh, I need something to do. So he starts raising plants on the moon in this in this area and and that's the thing he cares about the most are his plants. He's cultivating these plants. And Dan, Dan Dare's like, What's going on here? Are you serious? This is, you, you have to be planning something. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm playing it straight. You got me. You uncovered my, my ruse. I'm, I'm going along with you. Let's just do this. And, you know, and the, the, the miniseries so far is the things that arise where 
Dare is put into a situation where he has no outcome, he consults the Mekon, and the Mekon actually helps him. Like, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. What is going on? Um, all the all the gangs here, Peabody and Digby and Hank. If you're if you're a longtime Dan Dare reader, you know who these people are. And so uh, they get they can they can contract this alien virus, and the Mekon helps to save them. They're put in another position. And they're in, they board the giant train ship. And the Mekon says, okay, now, and it has all like MC Escher type architecture in it where up is down, left is right. They, they can't discern any kind of progression through this, this ship. And the Mekon's like, okay, when you see this, you're on the right path. Now turn left. So he's guiding them through the ship. Why? It, it, I, I don't know, but it's amazing. It's like, it's like the Joker, the Joker helping Batman. What the hell is going on? And three issues in, the Mekon's playing it straight. And I, I, and it's only a four issue miniseries. So I don't know what's going on, but I'm loving it. Um, Fochi's art is amazing. It's so clean and crisp and, um, it, it's not as detailed as previous artists who tackled Dan Dare and company, but it's 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 a new world we live in, right? It's it's very colorful, um, it's inviting to the eye, and his f- women are excruciatingly beautiful. Dan Dare is dashing and handsome. It's everything Dan Dare should be. And it's it's um it's a a throwback. It's an old timey space opera. And I love it. Right yeah. How's the art look? It's beautiful. Um, let me get this issue here. Uh, oh, and by the way, David, the variant covers? Chris Weston. Oh. Yes, hmm. yes. And I believe on the 12. But there's something weird that... The space. Go, I'm sorry. No, there's something weird that went on because... First issue, I went with the standard cover because it was normal discount. Um, so I'm contradicting myself. But okay. uh, Chris Weston did the variants, and I ordered the variant for issue two, mm-hmm. which is an image of Dan and company beset by a giant ant-like creature. It's a great mm-hmm. image. And so, okay, great. I get issue two. I'm going through my box when I got issue three, and I'm like, wait a minute. I already have that cover. They used the same Chris Weston image for issues two and three, but issue two, it's um, cover C, but issue three, it's cover B. But it's the mm-hmm. same damn image. It's the same. I, so I don't know what what happened. There had been a, a mix-up on the production uh, side of it, but um, there's a uh, an alien woman. The the race is called Ceylon, and um, the the woman's name is Ao Tawin, and she's blue, has purple hair, and fangs, pointy ears. But at the hands of Fochi, she's she's really attractive, and she wants nothing to do with Dan uh, when she first meets him. But she sees the man in action, and she's like, "Hmm, you know, one of those. You may be a hairless ape, but." I can I can cozy up to you. 
Um, mm-hmm. And Peabody doesn't like it because, uh, you know, there's always that that um, sexual tension between Peabody and, and Dan. But it's it's just amazing. It's like I said, the the, the one word if I'm there's a bit of a Phil Noto vibe to it. OK. Yeah. Just very stylized, very clean lines. Um, no embellishing, no uh, cross hatching for shadows or n- none of that. It's just he lets the line take it. And um, there's, uh, you know, the, the expressions are great, especially the Mekon. The Mekon, when, whenever Dare's talking, he, he kind of, you know, he does these semi evil faces, but he's helping him, which makes me, lends me to believe that there's something really deep going on here which may lead into another miniseries because i can't see them resolving anything with the mekon in one issue mm-hmm. no it's just it i think it's phenomenal and I, and I love every page of it it's, it's just it's you don't have to bring any baggage with you you don't need to know the history of dan dare to enjoy this thing um he's a space fleet pilot uh save the it's like flash gordon save the world many times um in fact in the very first issue i think no that wasn't this i was i was thinking of the the opening moments of um flash gordon clitus on board i've read something recently where that was basically the intro somebody was looking at earth and they were like i'm bored you know let's play around with this planet but it's not this one sorry my bad um the the uh space hardware is beautifully designed the interiors of of space fleet are great it's just a good looking fun um no heavy lifting book and it was just what i needed when i picked it up nice yep there you go i recommend it ooh what's the best dan dare you've ever read in comics oh the older stuff the eagle stuff's great yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I'll send you some. Okay. I have some that I can uh, transmit to you. All right. Yeah. Much, much obliged. But he's essentially the British Flash Gordon. More or less. It's it's mm-hmm. the same setup. You know, Earthman done good. Yeah. So there you go. What do we got? Don't leave me hanging. Well, I mean, um, we got lots to collab on. So, drive the bus. Well, let's uh, let's let's hit a little DC real quick. Meet Dap. Yeah. Destro. What? What? Destro. Yeah. Dap. Uh, Got up to issue number 27 this week. So I joined him and read 24, 25, 26, and 27. Oh, so you read The Trial of Deathstroke. So what do you think? Um, I am still... It's... Okay. Vince, 27 kind of lets you know... It's... It's... In issue 27, Priest kind of gives you a little bit of a behind-the-scenes 
basically issue number 27 is is the post rebirth version of um when Tara met Slade and uh yeah it's it, it mm, yeah go ahead no go ahead I, is it all so rapey? They, no they they basically pc it uh well you know what that's they, pretty they much a smart that, choice they, they imply that he picks her out and that she's underage and she's down with him and she shows up in his bed naked and he just tells her to go home and he never actually hits it but he does care for her he does like kiss her at one point but oh, yeah it's, it's like then, unrequited and even wintergreen's like bro it's like, do you know, yeah. he, listen, I just, I, I need her just a little longer then I'll get rid of her. Um, so she's obviously feeling, feeling jilted, but yes. any, um, which will be interesting if, um, if later this year, if, if the Judas contract wins book of the month, um, if to see it back then and, and to, to how it's interpreted these days, but it was, um, you know, it, it wasn't it wasn't rapey at all. It was, uh, and and I mean, and and good lord, I mean, Nevis's pencils are just stunning, um, and it 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 looks just fantastic. But you know, it's I don't recall ever really seeing how Tara got from Markovia mm-hmm. to the states in 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 the old Wolfman Perez run. So. Um, Basically, she's she's awoken one night and and um, and her basically her, her I I don't I'm guessing I don't actually know if this woman is her mother or if it's if it's her nanny because she's she's Brian's half sister so um, whereas you know I guess. Same father, just different mothers. Um, this woman is trying to get Tara safe, uh, but she's killed while that's um, during the escape. And uh, we cut to Boston years later when uh, Slade, as Jason said, Slade, Slade picks her up and uh, uses her to infiltrate the Titans. Because again, and this was all due to him wanting to fulfill his son Grant's contract with Hyde. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, the way it all played out way back when was just fantastic to, to behold. But, uh, you know, priest is smart enough to know that, you know, if you're reading a Deathstroke comic, you kind of probably know the dude's history. So, uh, he doesn't, he doesn't beat you over the head. He's not, He's not giving you panel by panel reenactments of something that happened 25, 30 years ago. This is, you know, you, 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 you're smart enough to kind of fill in the blanks and know where we're going. And, and the way he writes with the flashbacks and the screen, uh, the scene changes, it, it, uh, it's not fast and loose. It's just, it, it all makes sense. But again, probably more so if you know the character's history, but, uh, it was, um, I I enjoyed twenty seven mostly because of the flashbacks with Tara, um, the the trial when he was uh, when when the Riddler played his his uh, his lawyer. Uh, I I think the art kind of turned me off on that one for the most part, but it it was it kind of 
just happened at for me the wrong time because he, he he's got his team going. He's trying to get get defiance formed into a a decent fighting unit, and and all of a sudden he's plucked out and and is facing all of these super bads because he's no longer a killer. He's no longer a villain and he's on the side of the angels and, and they don't like that. So, um, someone has a, a case against them and it, it's, it's, it just, it, it didn't stop it cold because we got to see what everybody else on the team was kind of doing while Slade was going through this, but it, it, it was a bit of a speed bump. For me. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I, I think, the last few issues have had everybody standing around trying to talk, I mean, talking about what to do and not showing it. And they're all super powered. I mean, I'm all for a little occasional strat strategy or downtime, but it just seems like all the action has just been slayed. And, and I, I, I'm, I'm not clear why I, the icon dude turned into Solomon Grundy. How, how did like, why, why is he that? Why is he like that now? Uh, when, when Jericho was Jericho who turned his suit off, when his suit was turned off and he crashed and, and, um, he's basically left for dead. I think, I think there was a transfusion that turned him into this. Right. Uh, And I don't know if it was Slade's blood. And since basically Slade is Mm -hmm. someone like Captain America, it, it, it because he pretty much was dead and, and Slade because Slade was blind for a spell, uh, in order for Slade and I forgot that when he got his sight back, it was because he pulled uh David Isherwood's eye and and is using that for his own now. Oh, uh, that's right. Oh, okay, yeah, I'd forgotten that too. Because he is, yeah, he does because cause he's okay. he's got a right, right. of the Deathstroke mask is the same except that he obviously is, is blind in one eye, but uh, it's um, yeah, it's I, I'm not. I need to go back a couple issues then because it, that was one of those things where I was just like, it. it I think I kind of rushed through it just mm-hmm. because I kind of wasn't feeling it as much. Right. Well, seeing as how it's it's almost time to uh, recognize our favorites of. 2017 i have to say i was hoping that deathstroke would be in the running for my favorite dc book but i don't i think this last few issues has kind of taken it out of the running um for me so uh, i'm enjoying it i mean i'm still gonna keep reading it but but i I definitely like you said i think it's hit a bit of a dry spell so i hope we get hope we pick up the pace here because i love the idea of, of of slate having a team and I like the team. I think that the the group is cool. I think everyone on the group is cool, and they have a good dynamic. And you've got like the one angel in in Flash to cool. augment all of these other morally ambiguous uh, younger characters. So I think it can be interesting if they can just get get it back to being about the team. Not- oh, here we go, bro. Um, your doctor infected me with a virus synthesized from. Slade's and Deathstroke's DNA, my body's immune system mutated to combat that virus, granting me immeasurable strength and near instant healing, um, mm-hmm. along with a near incontrollable rage. And I guess that also turned his body into uh, into this hulking monster. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, all right, I guess. I mean, 
Yeah, I guess that's okay. That's right. Just a little weird. Just a little weird. I mean, I, yeah. it's really more of a of a artistic choice for me, just because they 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 draw him look so much like Solomon Grundy. I think he's yeah. I mean, it's it's a, it's kind of like a mix between Grundy and, and almost like Frankenstein. It and and yeah, yeah, a little bit of yeah. art from Sin City. There's just a. Um, I mean, the skin color's a little off, but yeah, I mean, once you put white hair on someone, it, it just, it, it kind of gives that, and plus he's, he's a huge dude. It's like, and, and it's, it's, it's practically a 180 from what Isherwood used to, uh, look like. And, and this is where I really enjoy reading Priest's work because, uh, Isherwood was, is, uh, Jericho Joseph is gay or bisexual, and he and Isherwood were getting it on together, and uh, that really didn't make Slade very happy because basically, while Grant and Joe were growing up, David Isherwood was basically their uncle, and and because. Ish and and Slade go way back, so uh, it, it's like you know you were like their their favorite uncle, and and you know my kids were your kids more or less, and and for you to want to uh, be in love with one of them in that way, it's 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 kind of sick. So you know Slade has has lines and 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 a code to some degree, but I I just you know there's some parts of and and even I mean even going back to like the whole Power Man Iron Fist stuff when 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 he was writing his James Owsley, it's there there are some soap opera ish elements to what Priest is doing. But um yeah, as much as I have loved ninety five, ninety nine percent of the Deathstroke run, uh if I were to look at my favorite D C book, I do not know if I could um if I could justifiably say it's yeah, it's true. Not with everything else we we've, we've been talking about the past year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Right on. All right, Vince, let's round it back to you. Pick one of your things so we can talk about it. Hmm. Let's see. Well, I it can go one of two ways. Okay. I would like to hear you oh. talk about secret weapons. Yes, I would too. Oh, okay. Because um it's a it's a a running gag here uh, on 11 o'clock comics that uh, Jason is not always willing to, <laughs> to dip his toe into the Valiant universe. So close-minded. But it's the publisher of the year now, so. No, I'm just saying. Uh, but when we do, when, when David and I do extol the virtues of a certain book, Jason will go in and, and in deep and, and, and read it. And I think that's what he did here because David and I told you how good Secret Warriors was. Secret um, weapons, but I'm sorry, Secret <laughs> Secret Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> My poor pa. Um, Secret Warriors, Secret Weapons, and uh, you know old habits, right? And Jason Dovin, uh, th- there's been a recently released. Is it double zero or is it just zero? No, just zero. It's just, it's just zero. Yeah, zero mm-hmm. issue. So it was nice that. Did you read zero first before? No, you... I read it. I read it yes. as it was released. Oh, love it, love it. Nice because that's the way to do it. I think. Yeah. Of course. Um, 
What did you think? I absolutely loved it. Yeah, I was thinking you'd say that. Listen, it's um, it it has a new yeah, mutant vibe well, to it. First of all, okay, well, well, first of all, it, it it had me in the first issue because few things in fandom do I like more than a getting the gang together yes. story. <laughs> in this, it, when we were growing up, we were all watching those 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 bad action and 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 kung fu movies. Mm-hmm. Nothing made me happier than the obligatory going around getting your whole crew together. You know, rolling up into the to the dust-covered bar to get your western buddy, rolling up into the trailer to get your hippie buddy, you know, all the dudes that went to, you know, fought in the special forces together and now he's got to get them all together for one final mission. Love it, eat it up. It's why the Avengers and the Justice League roll call stuff is always my favorite stuff. Just love the idea of putting a team together. So that's how this starts off, right? We we are introduced to a series of seemingly disconnected characters who are, uh, we quickly find out do have some connection and that they're all psyops and they all were part of the Willows, which, uh, as David has explained uh, in prior episodes, is a um, a place where Harada sent the psyops that he tested and figured were losers and weren't didn't have powers that were going to be effective enough for him to fight his war. Um and uh, this is after all that's happened. Now, before I get into what I thought of the book, because I loved it, um, you all need to keep to explain to me the current status quo. Uh, it's clear from the book that Harada has disappeared and all of the secrets, such as the willows, are getting unraveled. Um, things are afoot. Where did it go? When did that happen? What book did that happen in? What's the current status quo in the Valiant Universe? Hmm, that's a good question, because in Imperium, he was, in his mind, trying to make the world a better place, but he's got a a real funny way of going about doing things. Uh, Mm -hmm. Harada is Tony Stark um, to the nth degree. Extremely smart, Mm -hmm. extremely powerful, uh, has the resources to enable these plans that he comes up with, but... He's the uh, the type of guy that breaks a few eggs to make the mayonnaise. You know, uh, collateral damage and loss of life in pursuit of the goal is okay mm-hmm. to him. Mm-hmm. So um, there, the thing that set this whole Secret Weapons series off was there was a gigantic info dump where someone hacked uh, Harada's servers got the names of all of the potential and or current psyots and just mm-hmm. released them so they be all became targets and you saw that in the zero issue how they went back to the willows and they just started blowing people apart and um you know there are forces that don't want harada's plans to come to fruition and um but as to where he is right now i don't really know okay because i'll be honest i didn't read the last five issues of imperium uh-huh that book kind of petered out for me um but um and we didn't get i we haven't seen him in a while Mm Hmm. i mean he's out there but uh as to exactly where i'm reluctant to say with any kind of certainty i don't i don't i don't actually i don't remember um, but I, I like the fact that he's off the board because mm-hmm. uh, it's like the big dog. What do you do with this character that can seemingly do 
and control everything, um, right. you take him off the board. I think they were very smart to get rid of Harada because he's mm-hmm. an annoyance in my mind. I, I don't like his politics. I don't like his person. I, I don't like, I don't just don't like anything about him. And mm-hmm. I, I'm glad he's gone. And I wish they keep it gone. But um, the one thing that uh, I didn't feel was as strong in the Zero Issue as the um, was in the main series. Okay. I like Adam Polina, but I do not think the visuals were nearly as strong as they were with Raul Allen and uh, Patricia Martin. They define the book for me. They define the characters for me. I mm-hmm. love their approach to sequential art. I think they're, they're, Nikki is not too sexy. She's attractive, but she's not... I mean, if you saw her, maybe you'd give her a second look, maybe not. I like the fact that she's frumpy in the Zero issue. She's not. She's she's beautiful, yeah. you know. And uh, uh, I mean, that's interesting. I mean, well, for, um, I, don't, I think I, don't I, think I guess what I'm, I mean. She's she's a gymnast. I mean, we know that from the start. She's a gymnast, so. but she's all tattered and she got holes in her in her because well, she's been true. on the yeah, yeah. She, she's you know on, she's on them streets. Yeah, she's yeah. them streets. Yeah, and 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 she shops at the Goodwill and you know dyed her hair to avoid mm-hmm. recognition. I I didn't like. Well, I, I'm glad that they depicted her in a different way, meaning that it was past tense. It it was ancient history, right? I, go ahead. No, go ahead. Because it's been a couple of months, and even though it's all right there, especially when it says Nikki's story and it's surrounded by pigeons. Yeah. I, honest to God, forgot that this was Nikki. Wait, what? Yeah, no, I'm serious, bro. I, I'm reading this and I'm like, I'm like, which I I knew which one of the team it was, but as I'm reading it and I'm getting through everything, because I because I love the way the issue was presented. I, I, I love that 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 Pumina it every page is four panels wide it, it four panels wide mm-hmm. and it's it's all from she's pretty much the center of every panel and, yeah. and I I really enjoy I mean this is that's what a zero issue is for me. It's it's something that is is just is is unique and it doesn't it, it works within the mm-hmm. entirety of, of the main series, but it doesn't it's this would have been odd if this was issue number three. Right. Or five. So yeah. I, I, I like that it's the zero issue. I like the way it was presented. I like the way the story was told. But by the time we get to her power being revealed, the light bulb went off. And I was, oh, okay. okay. And it was, it was, but I was, I was so into the way this particular mm-hmm. her story was was unfolding, yeah. and it just, and it made, it really did separate itself from the main series, where I was just like, okay, yeah. yes. I mean, we know how many characters were in Secret Weapons. We know who, who, who the four of them are. So this is, but it was just, I was. I'm reading it and I'm like, oh, oh, I can't. I wonder what's going to happen next. And obviously, we know because we read one through. Yeah. Four, but I just, I, I love this issue a lot. Yeah, I mean, and and just getting back to the to the broader series, I, I, I 
like I said, the getting the gang together always is a hit for me. Uh, and then, as you alluded when we were getting ready to record, Vince, you thought I would like this because this is a lot like your your new mutants or your young yeah. Avengers. It's 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 a bunch of, of of power people that haven't yet figured out how to use their powers. And at first, like the fir- like actually, honestly, this is one of those things where I dug issue one, but I dug it because of the conceit of getting a band together. I didn't know that I really liked the characters all that much because their powers are presented in kind of a bogus way. Right. And that they're almost not they're not jokey like the Great Lakes Avengers or something, but they're they are presented to you as though they have powers that are largely ineffective in, in, in the grander scheme of things. But we quickly figure out, thanks to Livewire, right, Amanda mm-hmm. McKee, mm-hmm. Um, who and I'm not, again, I'm not quite sure there's certain things about this I just kind of took for granted because I'm not reading all of that and stuff, which is that I know Livewire is a long established character. I know she's very powerful. She says multiple times that she was one of Harada's right-hand people yeah. um, before she went went independent. Um, I'm not quite sure why she did that. I'm not quite, quite sure what her purpose is here of getting this crew together. I'm not quite sure, um, ultimately, her motivations. But I do know that she's a good good guy. I do know she's their leader. I do know she's obviously one of the most powerful psyops that we've, at least that I've come across. Um, she's so like she Forge pulls, with powers. Yeah, so she pulls them all together. She pulls Nikki Finch, Owen Cho, and Avi Malakar together. And uh, mainly it's to keep them alive at first because there's a guy named the Scavenger and this beast, this 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 strange tentacled cyborg creature called Rexo uh, who are hunting them down uh, because the Scavenger wants Rexo to absorb their powers uh, to make him a better weapon to go fight the hardcore, right? Hardcore, yeah, yeah, hardcore. Um, but... I thought the characters were all terrific. They're yeah. they're they're unique. Uh, like you said, Nikki Finch is this quirky, pink-haired punk girl. Uh, Owen chose this clean-cut, metro, almost a metrosexual type of an of an Asian guy. Uh, Avi is a Sikh. Um, you know, wears a turban, and he, there's an issue that I thought I love the issue where um, I forget if it was three or four, but where where we're taken to Avi being at college. Mm-hmm. And he's talking yes. about what it's like to be a Sikh and to wear a turban and the derision and the looks that he gets. And then there's a line, and I'm paraphrasing, he says something akin to, it's bad enough when there's one thing about you that makes you different from everyone. It's another thing entirely when there's two things. And I guess at this point, the world knows that Psyots exist, and they know he's a Psyot, much like with mutants. And so everybody hates him for being a Psyot even more than for being a Sikh. And I just love that because the guy knows what it's like to be persecuted before he had powers. Um, and now he has the powers and, and, um, and all of them have these powers that aren't seemingly all that great. But if you're a longtime Marvel fan, like we are, and I guess DC's had versions of this too, the idea of these young kids that have these powers, but you know that it's just a matter of training and honing them and you know, it's coming. And sure enough, through the pressures of being hunted by Rexo and the scavenger, lo and behold, it turns out that their powers aren't so useless after all. And it doesn't take much more than just being put into a life or death situation for them to realize that they're all pretty much badasses. And it also speaks to a nice subtext of showing you that Harada was fallible because Harada wrote all them out. He wrote that wrote, wrote them all off. And yet it's pretty clear that if he had a little bit more patience and a little more depth of, of thought, he shouldn't have written them off. Yeah. He did write them assets. off, but he still kept them. He did. Right. But he in, kept in, them the, in the back drawer. A, yeah. Yeah. You know, he wasn't, um, he wasn't unwise 
to just cast them off and be, mm-hmm. I got nothing to do with you. That's true. He, That's he still true. kept them around. But I think you don't get the sense of this in the miniseries. But mm-hmm. the Zero issue, I think, really shows you that the um, ignition process where they mm-hmm. activate the Psyots, more often than not, they die from it. It's right. it's rare that a psyot's activated, mm-hmm. um, and I like the fact that when Nikki, and we see that in the zero issue. This is what I'm saying. When when yeah. when Nikki's activated, and it's not immediately apparent, you know what she can do. Um, mm-hmm. They're just like, oh yeah, your buddy, he's dead. You know, um, and that right. that that's a a pretty common theme in in the Valiant universe. Like psyots are. They're not like mutants where, you know, tons of them popping all up or there Mm -hmm. wasn't this mass activation of these people with this latent power. They're rare. And um, they don't – the fact that she has a power that she can talk to birds as a tactician, like Captain America would immediately recognize how valuable this this power is because right. you can get the drop on your enemies without them even noticing that something's going on. It's not technology based. You can't just set off an EMP and mm-hmm. and you know neuter your enemies. She can send a bird in yeah. to to see what's going on. And it's just that's a great power to have. I love at one point when they're attacking the guards and the guards are like we've got a Hitchcock here. Yep. That's funny. Yep. Now, I But I, I thought it looked great. I thought that um um, I don't. I I believe this is. These are the first comics I've ever read by Eric Heiserer. Is that how you say his name? Yeah. Um, does has he written other Valiant stuff? He wrote movies. No, he wrote the movie The Arrival. Yeah. The Arrival. What's that about? With uh, um, Amy yeah. and uh, Jeremy Renner from last year. Okay. Going with the Black Smoke. Science movie, science fiction movie of, of like. I haven't seen it yet, but apparently, uh, yeah. Pretty... Okay, I don't think I saw it. Um, it's pretty cool, yeah, but okay. it's your mileage may vary. You know, the, uh, a- the aliens art is wonderful. Like you yep. said, it's it's a little bit. It's just just the right amount of 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 earthy and organic, oh, right? Like, like you said, it's not like nothing. Like every, no one's too pretty, right? I think it's brilliant. I, I it is. It is. It's Alan it, and it's, it's not to the level of say the. Like the Paul Popey type of style, or the, the no, it's, it's a different approach. Yeah, yeah, but but no, but I mean, there's just like a hint of that kind of like line though, where he makes the the, the people just a little bit, you know, just a little angular, a little bit imperfect, but but not, but in a great way. I I, I really did adore the art. I have to say, I, I think um, now Roe Allen and and Patricia Martin are credited as the artists, and then Patricia's the letterer, which I find interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I totally dug that for sure. Um, and, uh, like you said, the zero issue now I'm, I'm probably more in Dap's camp. Um, I know, like you said, you thought that the, the zero issues art wasn't on the same level. I, I love the art. I think it's different, but I really liked it because I think it does present it's prettier and I think it's right to be prettier because this is the story of Nikki when she was a beautiful gymnast, popular girl. And, we see her go from that to this badass loner um, Syot by the end of the issue, which is when she'd cease being 
as clean and pretty because her life isn't clean and pretty anymore. So I, I, I thought the art was a good choice for this one for this one shot. Um, I'm not sure why the Zero Issue just focused on Nikki. I mean, are we going to get other? I, I wish. Yeah. I hope we get other. Yeah. Other looks into the characters, but not that we need them per se. But I, I definitely. Um, I ordered the Secret Weapons hardcover that was solicited because good on you. Uh, this was terrific. Well, so. um, if you looked past the process pages at the end of the issue, there's mm-hmm. a, a full page ad for um, the next one. It says Owen will return, and it yeah. looks like in March uh, of this year, the art will not be done by. Row. It, it, maybe it just could be the cover. I don't know. But well, the cover for this one. So it, they they may be taking a different a- approach. Huh? Um, I, I'm not saying Polina's art was bad, but if well, it, you, not that you you have a. Uh, I like it. Certain, yeah, not that you have a certain style you dislike, but but you tend to be less appreciative of the truly just straight up pretty art. Yeah. It's right. I don't know if that's particularly true. It's just no. I don't know that that's true either. I, I yeah. No, I guess that's not true. I think. What do we think that? Raul Allen and and Patricia Martin they branded these characters for me. Mm-hmm. Um, if I was editorial in charge of this project, I would not let anyone touch these characters unless they were Raul Allen and Patricia Martin. They just sure. have they they it the. The Polina stuff just feel, felt like a, a fill-in issue. Well, we got to let our team take a break. So, And I know conceptually, yes, I agree with what you say, that it, it, it works because it's a period in her life pre-activation and, you know, when she was a different person. Uh, so, yeah, mm-hmm. it, 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 it's there's, believe me, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with this art. I, I, I like it a lot. But to me, the secret weapons... Is Adam, uh, not Adam Polina, uh, Raul and Patricia Martin. I I just want to see that team do these characters forever. The uh, and you're not you're not wrong. I, part of the attraction for Polina on on the Zero issue was that it was it was a one off and, mm-hmm. and it, yeah it, yeah if, if Raul and Patricia. It would have been would have been not not like issue five or anything. It just it would have. I don't think it would have felt as special in my eyes to me. Uh, it's also we have in in the four issues of Secret Weapons. We know because of what Nikki relays to everybody on the team. We get the sense of what the birds have said to her. But here we are actually seeing the conversations and and I enjoyed that a lot. The owls protecting from the rain and and then telling her not to jump and then you know telling her that you know give me five more and it it's I we didn't get that before. And the yeah. fact that it's here now, I, I got a huge kick out of it. The owls are some eloquent bitches, aren't they? Yes. Yeah, indubity child. Yes. Yes. It's, they are just I know it, it's I mean secret references has been has been stellar from jump. Uh, this the zero issue. It uh, it again. I it, it kind of was one of those. Th- it, it's a shame that you know we read it this week and and it's whether or not I'll remember it. And we got 
12 months to get through for 2018 for next year's Oclasters. But this was one of those things where uh, it just it hit every note. It focused on one character, and, and to reiterate that, you got the focus of her in the center of every single panel. And then uh, just the way it played out, it was, you know, it starts on October 10th. And then because of her location changes, the dates, the typeface, the font, whatever you want to call it, that also changes. And then when she's on the streets, it's now handwritten on post-it notes. And it was just the, the way you, it wasn't just her looks that told you things have changed, but it was just everything about the way the story was unfolding. And right. It, it, there were, this, this is one of those things where it, it, it touched as many senses that it could for me. And, and I, I enjoyed it a lot. And, and were I to read this first before the, uh, before one through four, I, I don't know if it would have felt the same way for me. This, this just, it came out at the right time. It hit me at the right time. Uh, I, I have no complaints about it whatsoever. And, um, I, I wanted you guys to read it because I know Vince has been reading Secret Weapons from Jump and Jason was new and I wanted to know if it would have um, it's, it's almost like the reactions I expected were from the other dudes. It, it, it's, Interesting, I, really? Yeah, because I mean, I didn't, I didn't think Vince was going to be that down on it and, and I don't mean you're, you're, you're poo-pooing it. I, I just, I I love the fact that you loved it but I, because of Vince's enjoyment of the main series, um, I thought the reaction would have been bigger, more positive. But uh, I, I'll I'll take what I can get from either of you. But this was um, I, I am I'm so, and then the fact that yeah, you you read it, you read it new, mm-hmm. and um, so it was still fresh. And then you read this. I, I was right. I. I I love getting the reactions based on it. And whereas with Vince and I, it's been a couple of months and, and revisiting it, so to speak. And, and I love how we, we, it ends pretty much right where secret weapon, where, where, where Owen and Nikki meet up with one another after the, um, she gets caught in the head. It, I, yeah, it, 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 it ended as strong as, as a starter for me. I huge, Huge props to everybody involved in this one. Nice, a lot of truth. Lots. Yeah. Well, okay. So we'll segue into the the other thing that I I would like to talk about. Um. Every so often, a book comes along that's kind of tailor made for my sense my sensibilities. Meaning it's it's full of disgusting things, disgusting people doing disgusting things, and um, rendered in a dirty, earthy style that just makes me unable to look away. And uh, I had one of those in my DCBS box, mm-hmm. um, written by M. L. Miller, illustrated by James Michael Wynott. And uh, we talked about him way back when we talked about Bolts um, from Action Lab. Um, Color art by D. Cuniff. And it's published by another 
uh, publisher that I don't know. I got to weigh in um, on my eleven o'clock uh, eleven o'clockers this year. That Black Mask has done some great. Uh, well, the people that Black Mask publish have done some great stuff uh, in the past year. Uh, it's Grave Trancers, number one, and I had a ball with this issue. It it starts well the the whole. Um, atmosphere in this issue is not unlike the movies that I love from the uh-huh. the seventies and the, and the early eighties the mm-hmm. the the full moon stuff or the, the you know Motel Hell um, Mother's Day uh, families uh, or groups of of people that do really despicable things and enjoy every bit of it. Um, you could even throw Texas Chainsaw in there. Um, it's just this, this, this nuclear, distorted nuclear family, despicable, uh, doing really nasty, untoward things. But, um, it starts off the way a movie of this type would. Something very odd is going on at the Burwood Funeral Parlor slash Memorial Park. One stop shopping. Um, you got somebody that's dead, they'll take care of them. Um, they'll, they'll, you know, do the, the mortuary services or the, the embalming and the, 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 the funeral services. And they even have a, a, a crematorium on site. Imagine that. Um, the Malort family. I love Which that. Which is they, hilarious. I love that they call them the Malorts. They're distasteful, aren't they? Well, to everybody, but, oh, yeah. you know, the, the refined palate, because I love that Malort stuff. Um, <laughs> The Malorts will you take care of your loved ones and how. Um, so, so that's the premise. You've got this family that's doing really nasty things at this, uh, this, uh, funeral home slash cemetery slash memorial park. Um, enter Maribel, aka Marble, and, uh, her brother Anthony. Uh, they're on the road to visit, um, one very reluctantly, uh, the grave of their father. And the kids harbor very different feelings for their departed dad. Anthony was kind of too young to remember when his father had passed. So he views his dad as a bit of a mystery, whereas Maribel, who is a recovering substance abuser, uh, sees her sire as a piece of shit. And she makes the journey only to appease her brother. So the pair pull up to the Burwood facility and something about the place and the people that run it is more than a little bit off. A little bit, yeah. Just a little bit. Um, so we're, intru- we're introduced to um, Ms. Malort, Mom Malort, Ma'am, as she likes to be called, and um, it, it's after hours. She's, they've, they've made special arrangements to see the grave. Um, and she, she allows the two kids um, entry into her home. And that's when we meet Godfrey, her son. Um, Godfrey is kind of a backwoods mm, bon vivant. Uh, he uses words like enchanté. Enchanté. Has that ever worked with a woman? 
Enchanté. Like I, if if I was a woman and I heard that, I'd be like, crawl out of your own ass. But you know, you, you um, he uh, Godfrey immediately takes a shine to Maribel, and uh, she she asks to use the facilities. Fourth door, it's the fourth door. Make oh. sure it's the fourth door. Mm-hmm. Um, she she uses the facilities, and when she leaves. Godfrey goes in and he feels the toilet seat and he's like, mm, it's still warm. And he licks the seat. Mm. I love that panel, man. I just, you did, did you, did you not like scream? Oh my God. It's, yeah, it's nasty. It's awesome. Is that one of the pages you bought? You've never smelled the girl's seat after she got up out of a chair? Is that one of the pages you bought? smelling a girl's seat and licking. Jason. Don't, don't bury the lead, buddy. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and the Malorts also have a son that they like to call Shovel. Because that's what he does. He shovels. He's a strange one. A little bit. Yeah, his um, his his mouth is obscured by a bandana that he wears tied around mm. his face. We can only imagine you know it's gotta be nasty oh shit yeah well the it's dude like chamber only without the energy right the dude sucks juice boxes through his nose he sticks the straw up his up his nose and he sucks so the gross, ju- dude that's awesome he sucks juice, the dude. juice down that way um oh, you like the juice eh? hey um so shovel takes the kids on a a moonlight survey of their father's grave. But what the kids don't know is mom had shovel go out previously and just throw some quick concrete on a, on somebody else's grave and just write, you know, dad Fallon uh, on, on the grave. So they, it's not their father's grave. Nobody, who knows what happened to the body. We have a, after we're introduced to dad, we have, a few assumptions what happened to the body, but it's fast and loose at the Burwood facility. The bodies may go where they're not supposed to go, or they may be discarded, or they may be turned into sculpture. I mean, things are really weird here. Um, so the the kids are at the grave, and um, Maribel freaks out. She starts kicking at the headstone. Oh, you son of a bitch, you bastard, I hate you. And in doing so, she knocks off the freshly laid concrete. And it, the, the ruse is revealed. That's not her dad's grave. And she's like, what the frig's going on? She dials 911. But before she can get any kind of satisfaction, she's whacked in the head by a shovel. Wakes yep. up. And the two kids are um, introduced to Daddy Malort. Um, Mr. Preber, I think his name's Preber, because uh, he says you are now in the Church of Preber, mm-hmm. and he's another eloquent bastard, much like the owls in uh, Secret War Weapons Number Zero. Um, he has concocted a drug, which, um, in his own words, is uh, derived from chip of bone, a pinch of meth, a pound of flesh, and one final breath. So I'm assuming that, uh, and there's a corpse 
in the room. Big fat guy. Uh, his guts all hanging out, ribs and shit. And it, it, there's they use like the human body as 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 decoration in 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 there there's a head in the corner like i said very texas chainsaw um so he injects anthony with this drug and anthony just like freaks out sees um things and it's 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 a mind-altering substance and uh i guess from what daddy says it's instantly addictive like it's it's like the crack. You, it you, seems like it. Yeah. Yeah. One hit, and he says, "Like you, you'll you'll want this every every breath." Um, right. And um, so Maribel gets up, gets free, but only temporarily. Um, Papa Malort jabs the syringe into Anthony's eye socket. Duke's eye, man, right in his it's eye. Extremely mm-hmm. painful looking. Um, and then he has to contend with Maribel, and he just takes the girl by the back of the head and slams her into this corpse's midsection, and blood and viscera and guts and all sorts of nasty shit flying all over the place. So Maribel, and I love the way she's out of it, and they draw, uh, why not draws her from the rear? So you see the corpse, and Maribel is just like face down into the belly of this corpse, and she's just like out of it. Legs are all like Elvis Costello, my name is true, like she's all <laughs> over. Um, you like that? Uh, and uh, so Anthony flees. He must be in incredible pain. He's got a syringe sticking out his eye. I'm sure he pulled it out, which means the eye came with it. Um, and he goes down into these a pit and daddy knows what's down the pit we don't know but he's like talking to whatever it is in the pit and he says you know hope you enjoy your plaything. you know have a ball um meanwhile uh, a police officer reacts to the 911 call and that's when the issue ends but we have more three issues Uh more to come i think it's a four issue miniseries is it? I don't. I'm not entirely sure. Let me get it here. Yeah. I got it right uh, on the desk. The 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 syringe is dad still holds on to it after he jabs him in the eye because she kicks it out. Marble kicks it out of his hand. And oh yeah yeah yeah. Which is why he wants to kill her now. So, this may be an ongoing. Yeah, I think it's an ongoing. Actually. Yeah, it just says issue one. That's awesome. Yeah. But um, and then at the end we're offered a preview. Of a, Dude. Oh right? my God. a book. Pirouette. I need this. Holy shit. The art's really nice. It is it by really a special preview in 2018. The long anticipated collection of M.L. Miller and Carlos Granda's pirouette will finally hit stores. Yeah, I want absolutely no part of that. Oh, because the clowns? Can't, can't have it. Oh, <laughs> it, but it's gorgeous, dude. Nope. Did you not like Carnival? Hated yeah, Carnival. I Did loved really? Carnival until they screwed up Hated. the ending. Yeah, until they screwed up, they fucked it up big time. Yeah, wow. but um, oh, because you also didn't like uh, Freak Show, American Horror Story. Yeah, it's true. But Dap, did you get a little Windsor McKay vibe yes. when she was picking up the elephant? Oh my god, I'm, I'm in Slumberland here. No, I, I, I'm definitely down for this pirouette. But as Jason kind of sorta. Open the bag and let the cat run around. Um, y'all know that I'm not big on original art. To put it mildly, I, I I just 
I got to feel a burning need to have the page. Mm-hmm. But in the case of this issue, I felt the burning the need, need to buy two pages. Yeah, you did. Should have bought the whole issue. I I <laughs> own oh. I own the first page with the Vikings and uh, dreaming of Valhalla by sucking in the the uh, charred remains of their uh, vanquished comrades and foes. Right. And I own the page where the the kids pull up to the um not the 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 gate the page after it where we first meet yeah i love that page to see the family coming out of the house and there's something about the mother's face on the lower right panel that's every old lady in my family (laughs) they all look like that nice and i had to have it so I I'm um, so I was so goddamn giddy seeing you all excited to buy yeah. OA. I, yeah. Right? Well, I love Why Not stuff. And we should say that first of all, Why Not super cool dude. Yes. Familiar with the show, which is which is humbling. And I did not buy a page, but I did follow your lead and and get dude to commission something. And as it turns out, talk about when karma kisses you right on the on the lips. His favorite novel. Moby Dick. And following your lead, oh? I um, I reached out to him today. Ooh. What'd you he, get? Uh, we're 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 um, communicating as far as the commission goes. I didn't I didn't get any pages. I didn't I didn't um, I I like a lot. Of what's going on in grave transfers, but for me, with with the way this, with the way the story is, and 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 James's art, some of the away I buy, some of the original pages I buy, I, I kind of like to have. If there's no lettering on the pages, I kind of like to have the story kind of told on the page. And I even I was digging the conversations between the siblings and. Uh, if, if the conversations was all on one page, I probably would have bought a page, but because of those cross two, and it was just, you know, the, all, all the stupid arbitrary rules I put on myself. But it, it's the the art and grave is absolutely stunning. Um, I don't want to but, lead you in any kind of direction. I'm just going to give an, a, 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 a suggestion or maybe something for you to think about. If you're going to get a, maybe a commission from him, I know it's not your favorite, but can you imagine a why not Epi Thatcher? Um, dude, when he wrote back to me and before we started tonight, I threw some items out to him. And one of them, I said, Grendel, and in parentheses, Hunter Rose or Grendel Prime or Epi Thatcher. Nice. See that? We are so we're on the same, That's awesome. Because there are things where, you know, I, I know that I've said this before on the show. If, if, if you're at a convention, if you, if, you, if you have a sketchbook, if you want to get art from an artist, I know that there are a couple ways to do it. You could go to someone. You could go to Phil Hester and ask, you know, draw me Green Arrow because he drew that for over 50 issues. And, and you know, mm-hmm. know what to expect from that. And, and 
or it's like asking a Tony Moore for a zombie. You know, there are just certain things that you know someone's going to knock out of the park. With me, I also want the person to maybe have fun with it, maybe draw something that they don't get to draw on a regular basis. And but the key thing is fun with it. I don't I don't want to go up to somebody who doesn't like Big Two and say, "Draw me Cyclops from the X Men." You know, I just I I I want the person that because. I don't want to get something back with it. just like, yeah, I just drew this and maybe they'll be a lot of money. So I, but when I look at someone's style, you're absolutely right, Vince. Uh, uh, an epi would be wonderful. And, and I don't, the hunter's my boy, but don't, don't make it sound like I, I, I wouldn't want anything epi at all. Epi is, epi's probably, yeah, those are probably my top three. If, if I can't get hunter and, and even Grendel Prime probably is 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 number three in that. I'd, I'd take an Epi over just about anybody else. Nice. And That's how did great. how did Epi uh, Thatcher become a Grendel? Did it involve some kind of drug? Oh yes, it did. How about that for a segue? Wait. Before, uh, oh oh oh! I did, I didn't think you were going to weigh in on it. No, I was going to say that. With Grave Transfers, though, the one thing that I want to leave people with is that um, Miller does a little postscript letter, Mm -hmm. and what he wrote really stuck with me because um, I think he does a great job of selling people on the continuation of the series, which is, he he explains the motivation, which was a real-life event that he um, read about years ago in Chicago, but... Um, there's a little blurb where he says, we've all read the story where the guy ends up saving the girl or the girl ends up saving the guy and everything ends all hunky dory. Like, do you really want to read that story again? I certainly don't. This isn't that. Yep. So, I mean, this is going to be nasty and it's not going to be conventional where like all these horror movies in the eighties, you, you know, everybody dies except for the heroine and, and her boyfriend or vice versa. This is, this is going to get nasty. It's not going to end. It doesn't sound like it's going to end well for anybody. So yeah, this is, this is Queenie jumping out from behind the bushes. If you, if you mm-hmm. uh, know the movie mother's day, the, the heroines, what the ones that are left at the end, think they got it all, you know, mm-hmm. free and clear. And they're leaving the, the homestead. And from behind a bush comes something that only was hinted at in the movie. And they, you can assume that they did. You know what I mean? Those are my favorite kind of endings where everybody dies. Mm-hmm. Love them. But anyway, Epi Thatcher, <laughs> it was a shitty segue. It was a pre- I did it too early. I should have I waited. Um, Epi Thatcher was, uh, became a Grendel through the drug Primacin. Now, Primacin, uh, the production process of Primacin produces a very nasty byproduct called vitrium, which is very unstable, eats through containment uh, cans after a few months, extremely explosive when exposed to heat. Um, So what do you do with this? waste where do you put it where do you store it because uh, there was a uh, town called Biloxi where they didn't take they didn't take great pains to uh, 
to deal with the uh, vitrium, and the whole place just went up. Thousands of people dead. So you now, the producer of uh, Primacin, had the bright idea, well, let's put all this shit in cold storage. Right? It's really cold at the South Pole. Maybe all the cold will slow down the bing bada boom uh, explosive properties of this stuff maybe it'll it'll in a sense neuter it right so um what they did was they they made this um ice station hellman at the south pole antarctica where they store all the barrels of um vitrium and this is the lead-in to uh, a miniseries that David and I read. We said we, we teased it. We said we were going to read it, um, and we, we did. It is uh, Grendel, Devil in Our Midst. Grendel Tales, the devil. Right, yeah. Grendel Tales. Um, written by Stephen T. Siegel, who needs your money. Please send it to him. Um, illustrated by Paul Grist. Color art by my man, Bernie Moreau. And Catherine Delaney was published by Dark Horse sometime in the 90s. In 1994. 94. And so that's the lead-in. All these barrels of stuff in Antarctica, something goes uh, awry. We're introduced to um, the the crew of this ice station, Hellman, and it's uh, presided over by a woman, a woman named Caroline who just so happens to have had a husband who was a Grendel. And he's no longer no longer alive. Um, and she's constantly at odds with her second-in-command, Drake. He questions everything she... Every order she, she releases, he questions it. Um, he obviously wants to be in charge. Um, there's an old man named Alexander who is... A failed something. He's old. He's he feels like he's he's in the way. Um, he never got a really got a chance to shine because he's he, again he's he's told like you know you're old you're fat you're in the way old man you know make yourself useful. Um, but into their midst comes a Grendel named Jonah. He uh, he threw himself onto a, a, a ship with pirates. Uh, he wanted to die. There's something in, in Jonah's past that makes him want to end his life. But Grendel's live by a code, and they can't really take their own lives, so he's looking for someone to do it for him. End my life. Please end my pitiful existence. Why? Uh, no one's willing to do it, because killing a Grendel in this time period is like killing a police officer. Or, or someone who has extensive ties um, in law enforcement. You, you, you do not do it because once you remove the Grendel, then you have all their brethren to deal with. And they will come and get you. They will avenge the death of their brother. That's, the, you know, say what you will about this time period in, in the Grendel timeline. The Grendels are exploited and used for very not nice purposes. But they still have that Bushido type code where they stand for their, they, they'll back up their own. 
right? Um, so the the pirate's captain's like, I'm not going to kill you, but what I'll do is I'll throw you in a dinghy and let you go and your fate's your fate, you know, get off my ship. So the Jonah's little dinghy wanders all the way to Antarctica and he's washed up and he's beset by mutant dogs. How did the dogs mutate? Do you have any clue? Could it be that vitrium that's leaking into the the soil or the ice because the barrels are leaking? That's the whole thing. The, the vitrium uh, is leaking. It's causing mutations. It's causing um, earthquakes. So we think. Um, well, I guess you could say the vitrium is causing the earthquakes because the thing that's causing the earthquakes wouldn't be the thing without the vitrium. Right, Dap? Hmm. Yeah. But, well, yeah, I mean, I'll be, I'll reveal it. You got, you have to read this, but there's a giant creature that's causing the, these earthquakes, a giant goofy creature. It's the, it's the one part of the story that I thought, really? That's not, that's not threatening at all. <laughs> well, not not what Grist draws it. No, no. Grist has such a clean line. His 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 uh, human beings are great, but his giant moles or whatever that <laughs> thing is 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 not so great. Um, but it's fun, you know. So so Jonah and and Caroline they bond because he's a Grendel. She lost a Grendel. Um, he also lost his wife and daughter. And that's part of the reason why he hates himself. I will not reveal that uh, surprise yeah. because that would be a dick move on my part. Um, and you have this alliance between Jonah and Caroline and Drake, the second in command, constantly undermines it. Um, and he takes great uh, pride in doing so because the the the... Bad stuff almost immediately goes down once the Grendel gets there. People start exploding. What, yeah. what, what do I mean by that? Well, um, they literally explode. They, they, they get irrational. They get violent. Um, they start uh, speaking sort of in tongues or so we would seem. Um, and they get two giant red patches around their eyes resembling the Grendel brand. And then they literally explode. And Drake says, well, you know, this didn't happen before Jonah got here. He's, he has to be the, the, the cause. And um, Carolyn sticks up for Jonah. No, it's not him. We have to be sure. Let's examine the facts. And Jonah takes matters, in, or Drake takes matters into his own hand and literally has Jonah crucified. There's a lot of biblical underpinnings in this story because there, there, there are frequent flashback sequences to when Jonah was becoming a Grendel and his Khan was a man named Balaam. And if you do your Bible research, Balaam was not a nice person. Yeah. And Jonah, that's a no-brainer. Uh, as far as the biblical 
um, mythology, but I thought it was went two on the nose instead of a mole making a whale. It's, but see, when I was researching Jonah, there are biblical scholars that claim that it was not a whale; it was a giant fish. Well, sure, right, right. Mm -hmm. but they never specifically said whale. But it's the Bible, so what do I know? Yep, I um, my grandmother had a. It it always it was a beautiful piece of art, and it was it was mostly blue, but I could never take my eyes off it, and it was a um, it was an illustration of of an old Jonah and kind of like hunched over and and on his knees, and and the outline of Jonah was was the whale. But it is you know it, it's you can't get any more on those than Jonah. In the world, but it was just I. I, mm -hmm. I think of Jonah and, and of course the big fish. I, I think of that picture. And I always I, I need to ask you whatever happened to it. But in any case, who was your favorite character in this miniseries? Probably Alexander. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. He's the most likable. Um, he's just trying to do good. Yeah. And, and it's also. It's kind of a penance being up there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, these people are, are sent to the, the ass end of the earth. And the one of the caveats of this whole miniseries is communications with you now is cut off. Yeah. Their, their food is running low. I should have said this in the beginning. Their, their food is running low. The, the people in charge don't want to deal with them anymore. They're trying to sweep it under the rug. Um, and they don't know what to do. So tensions are running really high. Uh, I would not want to be the commanding officer in a station like this. Everybody hates me. I make one bad call, people die. We're going to die anyway because the food's running out. What do we do? We can't eat the mutated dogs because we don't know what we don't know what mutated them. Maybe we'll, you know, become the same way. So it's it's a do or die type situation. Mm-hmm. And um but Alexander's this old and, and he's 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 rotund and he has a ponytail and um he he feels like far be it from me to identify with an aging man who feels like he's past his prime. If he ever had a prime, right? And so he's just willing to help in every situation. He's the voice of reason when there aren't there's not much of that. Um, he's the baseline. He's the calm, cool, let's study the facts type dude where Caroline, Caroline is enamored with Jonah because, you know, she wants to help out. But the fact that he's a Grendel kind of tilts the scales in his favor. Um, and I thought this is one thing I didn't like about the story where she meets the guy and she's like, but I love you. Like you just mm -hmm. you just met this guy. He's thirsty. She's very <laughs> no, she is. She's very thirsty. Hilarious. She's hungry. She's hungry for it. Um and you know, she kisses him and stuff and Jonah's like he's he's kind of like a Vulcan in, in some respects because he's in, he's he's flatline. He there's aside from anger and frustration oh, over what his past was what he did um he's 
unemotional, really. He just wants to die. Mm-hmm. Right, but that's the thing. I mean, he's still he's still living by his code, so he's not going to commit suicide. He's not going to take his own life, and he's still. It's you know the whole reason why he became a Grendel, and and so that of course is going to gnaw at him, and and it, it's he's not. Yes, yeah, so he absolutely should just react, behave like a Vulcan, where you know no emotion, no uh, no touching, and it's. I, I don't even I don't even know if I'd think that the feeling was mutual at all. She's I don't think so either. So it it's 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 really a you know it's not you it's me type of thing. It it's one of those things where he's just it he's not going to return it no matter what happens. She could save his life and it's still not hey, I appreciate that, but you know, and then Yeah still business, but she throws uh, herself at him, and he's just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, cool story, bro. Want to die? It's, <laughs> I want to yeah, die. Remember? Um, yeah, I'm the dude who's trying to off himself, but it's, the VJJ ain't going to change my opinion of that. No, definitely not. But it does get kind of goofy because uh, we find out that there's this giant mole creature beast uh, that. That's the source of the earthquakes. And um, it must be dealt with. But Drake is the the big bad. He's he's the, the dude that um, is trying to remove Jonah from the board, get command. Um, he takes Jonah and crucifies him so the dogs can eat him. And I don't think we should say anything else, like about no. plot details, because I may have said too much already. But I mean, no, it's, it's a great. It's it's like the thing. You have a bunch of people in a like the thing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's like every. It, you said with, with with you now, not you know they're, they're not communicating with the team anymore. They're not sending supplies. It's it's they are they're, they're cut off. So it's it, you have that aspect of um, every uh, every dramatic moment in, in those types of movies. There, I don't thinking about it. I mean, I I read it and or I reread it for this, but uh, and there are backups continuing the, the Grendel saga from from um, Matt Wagner's pen and and typewriter, but the. I don't know if this needed to be five issues because even though a lot happens and you get, you get backstory with Jonah and, and why he became a Grendel and what he was doing as a Grendel, um, you don't get a ton of backstory on the crew in Antarctica, but the people who you should know about, you do based on conversations. You don't, you don't get flashbacks of their lives. You just get, Alexander just flat out comes right out and tells Jonah and, and, and because of Drake's attitude and his contempt for Caroline, he blurts her business out. So, so you, you know, whatever, you know, how everybody stands based on the way everybody is, is acting. But I don't know if, especially when you get, when you get to the end and, and you get to the reveal, it's, it's one of those, I didn't, 
I didn't get to the reveal and go, well, this could have ended, you know, two mm-hmm. issues ago. It's just one of those things where it's, I, I was so, as full speed ahead, I was loving everything. And then, like Vince says, where it gets, you know, a little goofy, kind of goes off the nails a little bit. That's, that's kind of where I was just like, I, it, it was almost like, I don't know how to end this story, so I'm going to throw this here. Yeah. Now, um, I have all of the Grendel Tales issues. As you should. I don't recall ever seeing characters from this story in anything else. Did did no, we ever see these people again? No. I, and that was, I think, the whole... Um, and as we go through and, and reread... Um, I'll find out if I'm wrong, but from from what I remember, or the way at least I took it, Grendel Tales exists, existed, so other people who aren't Matt Wagner could have a stab at right, 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 right. Because it wasn't because these are stories on on the mythology on they, they obviously touch on events and, and pick up from events that, that happened in the ongoing. Uh, but, and, and aside from the first one where one of the items in the museum, uh, may have been the skull of someone, they, they kind of were their own thing. Whereas the ongoing of course is, is Hunter Rose and, and his bloodline and, and where that all goes from there. This was just, it's just other creators telling stories of, of the Grimm's universe. So I don't, anybody in anyone, any characters that appear in the Grendel Tales series, I do not believe ever appeared because this Grendel Tales was only published from Dark Horse and, and therefore the Kamiko series was wrapped up by the time these were coming out. So when they decided to, when Dark Horse reprinted and republished the ongoing in, in story arcs and in, in miniseries, uh, it's not like Matt would have planted any seeds that the Grendel Tales creators could pick up and run with. So no, I, I, I I, I'm pretty sure these are all standalone. You're only going to see these characters in these characters. So while we have the scorecard out, is it safe to say that um, Four Devils, One Hell is greater than Devil in Our Midst? Yes. Okay. Uh, we're on the same page then. And it's not, yeah, no, I mean, and it's not, and I don't, and, and that's not me saying it gleefully. I, I think Devil's in Our Mist, Devil in Our Mist, I think is still, um, it's a cool story. And I dig it, but it doesn't have the impact. It doesn't have the um, gravitas. It, it just, it, I have a stronger connection to Four Devils, One Hell. And, and part of that is because of, Teddy's art. Uh, part of it is is the way the whole story is woven together, and and how everybody comes together, and and the resolution. It, it, there wasn't 
there really wasn't anything where you can kind of roll your eyes or say, well, that's just silly reading the first arc. This was um, as cool as it is and as neat as it is seeing red Grendel outfits. It's um, it does not have the impact for me as the one that kicked off the Grendel Tales right. series. Okay. And I, I, I'm a big fan of Paul Grist. Yes. I, I, I really like Kane. I like the Jack Staff. Like, everything he's done, I enjoy. And this is no exception. But I just, yeah. For my money, the Christensen stuff and the uh, Four Devils, One Hell was more along the lines of what I want to see in a Grendel story. And I don't know. I mean, I'd, I'd have to... I'd have to dig around and see, you know, if I were to compare stories that, that either one had written, have I enjoyed more James Robinson stories than I have Stephen Siegel stories. Right. And we, we skipped devil's hammer for a reason. Um, so, so what's up next? Devils and deaths. Why did you skip devil's hammer? It's not good. I no. It's no, I don't think so. That you agree. It could be, well, I'll, we can save those towards the end, the ones that we don't. I mean, I'm I'm totally down with because obviously the backups, as interesting as they may be, that's not the driving force. So if we're not reading the backups in order, I'm I'm fine with that. The um, I'll let you know, Jason, after I reread it. Some of these I've read so long ago that I don't right. read a whole lot. So um, what's uh, what's next in your omnibus, Vince? Next up is Devils and Deaths. I believe it's only a two-issue series. Yeah, there are a couple that are only two or three issues. Uh, uh, you know, the, the short box is on the inside of the room, so whichever one you want next, we'll read. Okay. There we go. We're keeping our promise, people. You are. We're driven. We can't be stopped. New Year, new us. Yes. So I want to hear some more comic talk from a, a voice that's not mine. Jason. Okay. Dude, you you're got? driving the bus. You have all these things you want to talk about. I mean, like, <laughs> um, but no, I, I, I will tell you that uh, one of the names, one of the DC names that is very much in the hunt for my favorite DC book of the year is Aquaman. Oh, How often can you say that? I don't know. No, I know. I know. But I've talked yeah. about it a few times lately. I know you read a little bit of the Stepan Sejic. Yeah, I like uh, it. And he's he's been back. He was He was off for an issue or two, but he's back. So I've read up to 31, which I think makes me current. Um, it continues to be the story of basically this This uh, Arthur was the king, um, but because he's split time between the surface and the water, there was political unrest. He had been deposed in a revolution some time ago. Uh, most of Atlantis thought he was dead. He, in fact, wasn't dead. He was down in the Ninth Ward, um, which was the very bottom of of the civilization where all the dregs lived and he um he was kind of doing his thing acting like a robin hood uh he's now involved in what is effectively a, a revolution but with the caveat that he doesn't want to be the leader anymore because he doesn't think he can be an effective leader um for because of his you know because again he isn't he isn't a pure atlantean and he needs to spend some time on the surface but he has agreed to let to help the revolutionaries to depose the king. And uh, this is more of that, more of the political intrigue. 
The king has used some dark magical artifacts that had been in the archives for centuries, if not millennia. And uh, I guess with everything, there's a cost. And he's put up this impenetrable shield, um, which makes it impossible for anyone to get in or out. So, like, um, you know, the like the like it's been it's even it's smart enough to mention like the Justice League can't help because they can't get in and so forth, so on. And um, Mara's involved, and Dolphin's involved, and um, Aqualad is involved. Um, and the Sedgwick art is just breathtaking. Uh, it's just been a fantastic. It's it's really everything I I, I think I've wanted in an Aquaman series. Um, I've always thought it, it Aquaman is is best served um, in the water. You know what I mean? Like I always thought that like if you're gonna if you're gonna tell an Aquaman story, it should it should be him in the ocean because that's that's different. You know, there, there's plenty of comics where heroes are fighting on the land and, and there aren't many where it's set in the ocean. And I think it's a book for a good illustrator. That's, that's a magical place to, that's a magical kind of setting as well. Um, and Sedgwick is just perfect for this. So, um, the intrigue continues, uh, they're, they're getting ever closer to fighting the final fight and trying to free, uh, Atlantis from the, the reign of terror. But, um, but definitely nothing is, is for certain yet. Um, I don't know who is going to take over as the ruler. I suspect it might be Mara, but I don't know for sure. Um, but it has been awesome. So I read 27, 28, 29, 30, and 31, and uh, it just continues apace. I highly, highly recommend this. I know Aquaman is not always on everybody's short list of, um, of books if you're on a budget or you're only reading a certain amount of DC, and I get that. I get that because it's it's definitely been hit or miss over the years, but uh, right now it's it's at a, a high note. I think it's one of the strongest books in the uh, in, in the rebirth, personally. Um, and the art is a huge part of that. Uh, but but Abnett deserves credit. I mean, look, Abnett just like he did with with Marvel's Cosmic. I think he's he's doing a great job carving out a little niche within the DC the broader DC universe and just just making his own. Now, um, I should also make the point that. Uh, the most recent issue I read, uh, 31, was done by Ricardo Federici, um, who's very different than uh, than Sedgwick, but uh, equally breathtaking. It's it's a it's a painted uh, style, and uh, you know you just don't see art like this in the big two these days very often, frankly. Um, and so it's so refreshing to see this kind of art. I, I hope it's not being wasted on the fact that it's Aquaman. I have no idea how Aquaman is doing from a sales perspective, but it would be a real shame if the quality of this art was being lost on, uh, on, uh, a, a book that people aren't paying attention to the Federici's, um, and Sajic's version of King shark is um, awesome. Um, and there's just the coolest, like hybrid creatures that they draw. Like there's a moray eel hybrid human, which is dope as fuck. Uh, the way they draw dolphin and her powers, love it to death. Uh, I love the magic that's, uh, being constantly used. Um, Aqualad is is, and maybe this has always been the case, but he's he's a, a he's a sorcerer. He knows how to use magic, so it makes him quite formidable. Formidable, given that he's got his Atlantean powers as well. Um, so yeah, man, like I, I fully fully endorse this current run of, of of Aquaman, and I've read the whole thing. I've read from issue one, um, and it's been good. But for a while, it was a little wonky because it was um, it was this it was the ocean versus the land. And it got to a point where essentially the Justice League and Superman in particular stepped in 
and essentially were going to take down Aquaman and Atlantis because they thought he was, you know, making acts of war against the country, against the country. And at one point, Aquaman was like went to the White House and basically made the point like, look, if I really wanted to kill you, Mr. President, I could kill you. And um, that got a little too on the nose for me, like it's just a little too West Wing. But um, but I'd say the last, I don't know, 10, 12 issues, these last two arcs that have involved purely Atlantean politics and, and magic and, and this revolution have been awesome. And um, uh, so so those of you that, that haven't been reading on the regular, just start with the Sajic stuff and the Advent the Sajic. I think I don't know offhand which issue that is, but it's it's about it's been about two full arcs since this all started. So nice. two things. Yeah, it's, yeah. I'm a complete mark for anything dolphin and king shark. There you go. So if okay. you throw those two in, you got me. And oh, there you go. and two, I don't want to be that guy, but mm-hmm. the Federici stuff is colorized pencils. Oh no, that's cool. No, I'm, I yeah. appreciate the, the, the clarification. Yeah, you could see it's. I mean, there's a lot of three dimensionality to it, but mm-hmm. that's all pencil work, and then they just colored. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I bet those original pages look incredible. Mm. Now, could you do something like that digitally? Could you do, could you have that effect digitally? Well, that's the only way to do it. Um, you just said they're pencils. They are pencils, but they're colorized pencils, meaning Federici... digitally colored pencils? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. you're saying the colorist likely did the heavy lifting in this? Um... I no no I think Federici did the heavy lifting cuz all of the tones and the the uh, shadows and everything it's all pencils. The okay. colorist in essence had to go in and just most of this is flat color. That all the all the shading and stuff that's all pencil. Is what I'm saying. The okay. the colorist put the highlights in and some of the darks but if you look at it it's all pencil work. That's why it looks so great. They're full pencils. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's great stuff. So, nice. so Aquaman is definitely not a laughing matter these days. No, for uh, real. You know, I, I, you. I mean, it's fair to say you guys haven't been regular readers of Aquaman, right? It seems like you you've had periods of time where you were events, right? Vector Comics. Not since that four issue miniseries where he. Uh, with a different uh, word, underwater camouflage. But yeah, it's been oh well, the Peter David stuff, Kevin McGuire. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean there have been times throughout, but uh, no, there's. It's probably safe to say I've gone longer without reading Aquaman these years than I have read him consistently. Yeah, my all-time favorite is uh, Sword of Atlantis. I thought I think that run is absolutely perfect. Mm-hmm. As far as Aquaman goes, I mean, I liked Will stuff. I I wasn't really crazy about the Peter David stuff. Um, did that did that come out of sort of the plans? You no. don't like the Peter David stuff? Vince? No, the Peter that, the Peter David stuff is when he lost his hand. Yeah, well, I mean, that was like that. Well, the yeah. Dweller in the Darkness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's before sort of Atlantis. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sort of Atlantis is. Um, one, uh, not one year later. The uh, after New infinite, cri- after infinite crisis, when the, all the books came back. Yeah, New Fifty Two. Yeah, yeah. Oh, one year later. Okay, one year later. It's great. Okay, all right. So I'm, I was. 
that there was there was a series before he lost his hand that had because I had the poster that there were there were it was Kevin McGuire covers. I believe it was Peter David, um, but it followed. It was basically his kind of like an Aquaman year one. It was a mm-hmm. miniseries that eventually led into yeah. into new ongoing. That's that's the version. For some reason, I thought that that was sort of Atlantis, but I. No, the the sort of Atlantis is Kurt Busick and uh, Butch uh, Geis. Geis, yeah, yeah. I, I personally think Butch Geis has never looked better. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know how to I'll respond take, to that. I'll take. And I'll take. I I got I got to say this. Rick Veach did a great run on uh, Aquaman. Yeah, I'm sure he did. Yeah, he did. <laughs> you, you never know. Uh, in all seriousness, when was that? Like, what are we talking? Oh boy, that was I think I think it was before Will. Mm-hmm. Um, two thousand and three, four. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. But um, Aquaman is one of those books where, like Legion, I I would buy all the time. Sometimes out of inertia, just yeah, um, and just throw them in the box and not read them. But the the one that immediately you say Aquaman, I think sort of Atlantis. That that run to me, it just encompasses everything about the character I love, and it's very mm-hmm. pulpy. So that's probably why I like it so much. Probably he doesn't know who he is, and all of the people that knew him tell him. Dude, you're the king of Atlantis, blah blah blah. And he's like, No, mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm just, I'm Arthur Curry. It's not who I am. So Mara's got her own series coming out, so they're really trying to play her up, I guess, in anticipation of the movie. Are you kidding me? Really? First time. First time ever, yeah. Wow. Speaking of heroines getting their own series, you know I couldn't go this episode without talking about it. Yep. Do it. My girl. Diggity Domino getting her own ongoing series. <laughs> the good news, at least from my perspective, it is also uh, it's going to be written and it it, it in, involves the triumphant return after nearly a decade, I think, of Gail Simone to Marvel. And I I am I know your mileage may vary, Raph. If you're listening, I know some people aren't huge yeah. Gail Simone fans, but I am. I, I I I when I was first getting deep into DC right around when we started the show. I read Birds of Prey. In fact, that's uh, one of the series I went back and bought all the back issues. I think I bought two or three years of back issues to start from the beginning that she wrote. I loved that. I loved, um, I loved, loved, loved Secret Six. It's definitely my favorite series at DC when she was doing it. So um, I've been a fan of hers for more than not. Um, so I think she's perfect for the character. Uh, absolutely. She knows how to write strong, sexy action-packed heroines, which is what Domino is. Um, now, the only caveat, and I have made it very clear here, is um, I will certainly read this series until it gets canceled, but um, they did not name an artist when they announced the book. Now, they showed a cover, which was by Land and, and Lyston, um, which isn't surprising. He's one of Marvel's go-to guys, but it didn't say he was going to draw the book. So I suspect he's not. So um, I'm a little nervous as to who they're going to put on the book, because uh, if we're keeping it 100, Marvel's got a 
plenty of great artists, but they've also got plenty of artists that are a little suspect these days. Uh, it's 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 a mixed bag. It's uh, I think Marvel's got a much wider range of quality right now artistically than they have in a long time. So I'm hoping that when they do announce who's doing the interiors, it's not some that super bums me out. Um, but uh, but for now, since I'm going to think positively, I'm super stoked. And yes, I know cue the jokes. I, I listen. I know she's a C list character, and I know that they're doing the series because the movie's coming out. And I know that. Chances are in this market, she's probably it's probably not going to be a long running series. But don't don't uh, rain on my parade, y'all. Let me have my moment. If if Squirrel Girl can go for thirty issues, I don't think it's unreasonable to think I can get eighteen to twenty four issues out of this. How is um? How does Gail's Deadpool rank on your list? Not good. Oh, okay. Well, she she wrote more more than I mean she didn't write a lot of pure Deadpool. She did it transitioned to Agent X. Uh, um, with um, uh, Udon Art. Yeah. And uh, I, I wasn't a fan of Agent X at all. Um, I just didn't get it because the whole concept was essentially Deadpool's memory went and he became this badass, super effective, serious mercenary, which is not Deadpool. Mm-hmm. So they just should have created another character called Agent X and made him that. Um, and they, they did a realistically good job of unpacking that and kind of putting them back to center, but I, I didn't care for that run very much. Um, so, yeah. Did you read Agent X, Vince? Is that the... That was the run with the Pieta on the cover, and... Um, yeah, I... I he had, sold, like, the X tattoo across his face. I sold them. Yeah, I sold them. Yeah. I got some good money for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know uh, one of the issues of Deadpool that goes for some serious money is the one with the Punisher. There, I think it's 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 a Steve Dillon cover, okay. where Punisher's holding the gun out, Deadpool's holding the gun oh, out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that that issue goes for some good change. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I've never been a huge Deadpool fan. No, I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this isn't a re- referendum on Deadpool. This is a celebration he's, of my of my fun. girl. He's fun. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm hopeful. I like Gail's work. Mm-hmm. Cool. But but never more than um, what you said, Secret Six. I, I think oh, that yeah. that book is just like I, I'm all about instant recognition. You say something, wherever my mind goes, that to me is the the filet mignon so yeah. when someone says gail simone i immediately goes mm-hmm. go to secret six i mean i know she wrote lots of other stuff I, I i didn't admittedly stick with her wonder woman um i didn't care for her road to perdition not road to perdition uh, um wh- what was that book she wrote uh, for wildstorm um about the old people oh welcome to tranquility welcome to tranquility thanks um didn't read that, but but uh, but again, I mean, Birds of Prey. She had a massively long run on. Yeah, and Secret Six was a good four or five year run, and I, I loved every bit of those two series. I thought they were great from start to finish. So there you go. Yeah, hey, man. What else do we have here? Why don't you guys talk about Paradiso? Said <laughs> you guys. Yep, you didn't read it. I did read the first. First two, yeah, I was I I was surprised I went with the, I, 
I'm kind of surprised I read past the first issue. That's what I mean to say. I don't know how I feel about it. Well, I think... See, Jason and I were talking. I think that's one of the problems with with this series. Um, and it is written by Ram... I don't know if it's V or 5. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so I always go 5. Yeah, written by Ram something. Art by Devmalia Pramanik. And the color art is by Deirdre Kelly and Alex Solazzo. I think that they didn't give you enough information in the first issue. In the mm-hmm. second issue, um, it's it, again, it's a post-apocalyptic scenario. Something called Midnight has happened, and it set everything back hundreds and hundreds of years. Technology is on the wane. Uh, technology is very valuable. The old ways, the way of doing things is mm-hmm. is uh, cherished, and the information is hard to come by. So there, there are these people called tinkerers that are um, much like the wise men. Uh, they, they, they have retained some of the old ways, schematics, um, working with electricity and, and stuff like that. And that that information, that skill is very, very valuable. But they keep talking about the midnight, after midnight, when midnight happened, midnight. Th- and they don't show you what midnight was in the first issue. All you know is this guy named Jack who was a tinkerer's apprentice, um, had a very, very bad ordeal in a tinkerer's cabin where this guy, really cool design on, on this, this Watcher character, um, he has all these tendrils. He, he wears a fedora and a trench coat, but he has all these, these tendrils, a head of just tendrils that look like eyes, and uh, light shines from these eyes. So wherever the, the many eyes are looking, you get a beam of light. And I think that visually that's kind of stunning to me, mm-hmm. that, that you just have this guy that's impossible to look away from. And he's he just wants to eliminate you. Um, so this Jack guy has this device that the Tinkerer gave him essentially at the moment of his death. And he's like, run, Jack, run. So mm-hmm. he, ha- he has this device um, and he wants to get into Paradiso. And they never say why. At least I don't recall why Jack is so hell-bent on getting to Paradiso. It seems like everybody wants to get to Paradiso. It's like the promised land, but we don't know, we don't know why. And in the, uh, the intro to uh, the second issue, let me get it up here so I can... Um, what, in essence, we find out what, peri- what Midnight was. Um, they released clouds of nanites in, into the atmosphere, and they it, they were trying to merge all data, from what I can get out of it, um, personal history, medical records, um, you know, criminal records. All of this data would be merged under this umbrella of this midnight umbrella, and it didn't. 
it didn't go um, the way they planned it to go. And it's, it, was, it was an apocalyptic event. Shit went down. People died. Um, but if you look at the intro to the second issue, mm-hmm. it says, um, Paradiso is a sentient city that dominates what is left of the world after midnight. I never got the sense of that in the first issue. That that was never apparent to me that Paradiso was a sentient city. Did, yeah, no, did, did you guys get that? And so that's why I'm thinking hmm. if if they combined the first two issues into a, an extra extra large first issue, mm-hmm. I think the hook would have been set deeper. Because Jason said to me, uh, I said, "Did you read Paradiso number one?" He's like, "Yeah," and you know, I'll be honest, I read it yesterday and. I can't recall very much of the issue. Yeah. I had I had the same damn problem. So I thought, all right, you're getting old. Your retention is not what it used to be. Go back and revisit the first issue. I read it again. And while it made more sense, there's really not a whole lot of meat to the first issue. Just that Jack wants to get somewhere. He's got this device. People are yeah. chas- chasing him. That's, that's all I got mm-hmm. out of it. And that is not enough to keep me reading whereas issue two fleshes out this midnight thing a hell of a lot better um we meet a binary individual named hazard this this huge hulking dude and this little girl walk out and and hazard is he wants this device or he she it wants this device that jack possesses because it can somehow ignite dormant technology. Uh, there's this kid in a, in a who has this essentially a Buzz Lightyear doll, and it's broken. And Jack passes this device over the doll, and zzz, it, it springs back to life, doing what it did before it was broken. And somebody gets wind of this and tries to sell Jack out to this hazard person. I, I even I hazard <laughs> to use the word person because it seems like it's a binary being. The little girl and hazard are essentially the same consciousness is what I'm getting. One finishes the other's sentence. Um, they both speak in the same voice. Like you have a little girl and a giant hulking man shouldn't have the same voice. But they do here. So... Um, I don't know what's going on, but I'm intrigued enough to keep reading. I think the art is great. I really like um, Primatic's art. It's it's rough. It's it's um, unpretentious. Yeah. Do you guys feel the same way, or you don't? You're not grooving on the art. I do. I I I probably wasn't as big a fan as the art as you were. I mean, it was. Fu- I, I didn't dislike it. I don't suggest that, but I wasn't as smitten with this art as I was some of the other books we've talked about tonight. I think the art got better as I got through more pages. Initially, there were some things that were not as as clear, and maybe that was partly the coloring. But uh, I think as as I continue to read. Um, the art just became a bit more clear. I, I, I enjoyed it more as I continued. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree with you. I think uh, Dear Blue Kelly's 
art or uh, the color art, it's a bit undercooked. Yeah. It's a, it's a bit washed out. Um, now we were talking about secret weapons mm-hmm. and there are sequences in that, that are all of the same, uh, range of colors. Like you'll get a sequence that is firmly lodged in the reds right? and the pinks. And then it immediately switches to like a, a green, like a pale green, a limey green sequence. And it keeps this, the same color voice for the entire sequence. There's none of that here. It just looks like Kelly is just filling in spaces with color. Like Mm -hmm. there doesn't seem to be a plan or, um, um, an overarching theme to this color. It's just, Mm -hmm. well, I got to I got to drop down some color here. So it's daytime. Things should be relatively bright. Oop! It's nighttime. Maybe rel- you know things should be dark. Where there's no unifying. Right. The color theory here isn't as on point. No, it's not. It's not. Right. Yep. But I don't know. I'm in. Um, I, I'm. I just. I guess for the one of the only reasons is to make some sense out of this story, and that could <laughs> be a detriment of the. The, this Ram Five guy, whatever the hell his name is, where it's just maybe it's like the last season of Lost. Maybe they don't have a plan, or the entire series of Lost. Maybe there's really no plan. He's just making it up as he goes along. I don't know. I I, I need to have some kind of sense made here. But at what expense? Like, do I keep shelling out? What what is it? Two dollars and seventy cents, or whatever, an issue just to eventually get some satisfaction where I I realize what's going on. I I don't know. Is that a reason to read a book? Of course, if you're intrigued enough. Yeah. Right. I mean, if you're curious. It's. It also seems like this little doll was more than a doll. Did you get that too? Yeah. Okay. Where there's there would there may have been some kind of. AI that was aware in this in this little little guy, but yeah, see, there's a there's a whole bunch of questions, and I'll tell yeah. you, um, I went to uh, the local shop on Wednesday, and mm-hmm. I stuck around a little bit just to talk to to my friends there, and uh, every, everybody who went up to the register had Paradiso in their stack. Okay. Yeah, I found that very That's strange. Quite a testament. Yeah, because it's not a book that seems like an instant hit, you know. Agreed. Yeah, it may just be the the climate, the current climate, where a lot of people try image series just because of the ones that do hit hard, yeah. you know. So I don't know, but I I can't say I didn't enjoy it. I did enjoy it. I just mm-hmm. it. Uh, the mystery unfolds, and and I'm I'm hunger hungry to to see where the, all this is going. Mm-hmm. I hope it pans out. I hope for your sake it does too. Yeah, you sticking with it or no? No, you're not. No, no. I just did, like I said. I mean, it read two issues, and I could barely remember what happened a day later, and it's just too much in the Rajan pile to to. Uh, Continue in that case for me. Yeah. Again, I don't have anything bad to say about it. I just, it just didn't leave a mark with me. 
I'm a glutton for punishment, though. That magnetic pull that I I would want from the book. Right. I stuck with Odyssey way far after you guys (laughs) abandoned it. Oh, Fractions Joint? Yeah, Uh, yeah. Peace and love. Yeah, I still can't tell you. I mean, I have all the issues. I I haven't finished it, but I I definitely read past issue four. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I still can't tell you what's going on. There you go. I, and again, if, if you give me a giant foldout, <laughs> you you have captured my heart. But again, with that book, like I still have not made a whole lot of sense of it. <laughs> Fraction may know what's going on, but I sure as hell don't. I'm sure Fraction does. Yeah. Or does he? Dun, dun, dun. All right. You want to bring this home? <laughs> Let's bring it home. All right. Hey, everybody. Um, we thank you so much for joining us. Again, just sitting around with us uh, week after week. We really appreciate it. Get your comics. I'm going to be blatant. Get your comics from Discount Comic Book Service because you will save money. DCBService.com. It's true. DCBService.com. You get all your books for a fraction of the price printed on the cover or back cover. And you get them shipped right to your door. From Black Mask, Billionaire Killers number one is $1.99. No, it's not. It's $2.19. Green Hornet (laughs) from Dynamite is $1.99. Jason, you're getting that, right? Absolutely. I love you so much. Uh, And from... And wait, holy goodness. (laughs) it's It's life. And from Oni Press... It's the Ballad of Sang, number one of five, for $1.99. To keep the image um, love rolling, I implore you to read Evolution, written by... and It's the concept behind this series that really grabs me. It's written by four people. James Asmus, Joe Keating, Christopher Sabella, and Joshua Williamson. Each take a different area we have philadelphia rome and los angeles and i guess one is in charge of the overall um concept uh illustrated by joe infernari jordan boyd did the color with the second with the jason you're reading this uh (laughs) yes all right i know david did no i did not oh damn well i know since Tell me why I should. Okay, since we've been comparing um, comics to movies this episode, we we mm-hmm. uh, uh, compared um, the Grendel Tales to The Thing, and uh, I compared Grave Trancers to a bunch of movies. Evolution is David Cronenberg, writ large. If you've seen a David Cronenberg movie, you pretty much know what to expect with Evolution. It is body horror. Um, and with the second issue, we tune in to Dr. Abe in Philadelphia. And um, he's arguing with a colleague named Vivian who thinks he's done, lost his damn mind. Um, she's like, you're crazy. You've been chasing this fucking comp- conspiracy forever. There's there's no basis in anything that you're saying. And, and he tells her, look, the virus hides. If you look for it, it will hide. 
it, it's 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 aware of the observer. It's kind of like the particle wave type thing. The the observer has a, a direct influence on that which is being observed. Um, and he's he cites his evidence, and he's like, "I've done experiments. I've I've observed." And um, she still won't believe him. So he gets the bright idea, like, "All right, okay, I guess I need a live test subject." So he goes out into the wild, meaning society, and he tries to corral a living test subject. And that's kind of weird. That's kind of strange mm-hmm. behavior where you have this man of science, man of medicine. He's going to try and kidnap someone to prove a point. And that's the thing I really like about this series where Dr. Hurley questions his sanity at one point. He's like, am I, have I lost it? Is she right? Am I, did I go off the deep end? No, look, I can see this with my own eyes and this, mm-hmm. this progressist thing. Um, I know it's real, but is it real or is it me? Like there's a lot of self doubt with this, uh, Dr. Hurley. And I, I, I get that. I, I mean, I, I can, I can wrap my head around that. And, um, so he decides to put up or shut up and, and he goes out and he stalks his prey and it's insane. And he's, he's tailing this guy and this, this person, um, he's trailing leads him straight into a meeting of the infected. And it's, they're all chanting the, the progressus and they're mutated and it's creepy as hell and it's disgusting. And their bodies are mutated. They got claws and, things hanging off them and it's 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 really well done i i I like infernari's art a lot on this book i think it's it's the perfect visual complement to the narrative that i i enjoy it i think because you enjoy it i don't get as much fun out of it as you do i think it looks great um, I'm not a huge horror buff. Um, I was going to say, yeah, when, when Vincent was body horror, I thought, I can't believe that's reading this. No, yeah, and that's and and in the second issue, when when we go to Rome and and there's the nun in the mirror, I says, this. I didn't finish the second issue yet, but it's it's not a um, the fact that something tickles your pickle as much as it does. Please, mm-hmm. so I I. There are some things where if like obviously it's not we three or beast of burden, but because no. I I know the the creators and, and, and you're are familiar with the creators and, and you're enjoying it, I'm trying to give it a shot so that at least um we can have a back and forth on it. But uh it's I it appreciate is, that. It's I like the the weirdness of it, and and I mean, and some of the characters are are cool too. So especially when we get back to the scientist, and he's got his own little back computer, or or, or the, uh, the woman from from the first issue who is is going to the uh, is going to the old uh, the old dude's house to get the uh, that's the real They're just thank you. Yeah. There there are there are enough things here where I'm I'm interested. It's just, it's not 
super easy for me to. <laughs> it should. It shouldn't be easy for you to read. No, it should. It shouldn't. It should. it's, right. It's, mm-hmm. There's a lot of things for your eyes to be drawn to and stare at and, and stick on, uh, where almost like the words that are coming out of everybody's mouths and, and, and that are printed on the page are kind of are, are almost glossed over, or, or I, I don't pay as much attention to them. So it's. Um, it's not, it's, I don't want to say it's an uphill battle, but it's just one of those books where I'm like, I, I, I should be enjoying this, but mm-hmm. I kind of not. Yeah, nice. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I gleefully put you through this because, yes, yes. Um, again, th- there are books that were that are hardwired to my sensibilities. Mm-hmm. Speaking as someone who has had their DNA irrevocably changed by chemicals. It's true. I yeah. un- I understand this book, but I also, I mean, I had invaders in my body that I thankfully got rid of. But mm-hmm. these people welcome it, like the the infected. They're they're chanting. They're 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 pleading with the in- the infection or whatever this progressive thing is to take like to take them and transform them, and it's just it's so disturbing. To have their welcoming here, invade my body, take me and change me, make me something different. Maybe they think it's better. I don't know, but um, I can I can completely understand to a certain degree what's going mm-hmm. on here. And and nothing's more terrifying than have something in your body that you don't want in there. But these people want it, so it's like, ah, oh, God, dude, you're killing me. It's I love it, right? And and plus, I'm a huge David Cronenberg fan, so it's I think it's a, it's a baseline to which everyone can understand. You can understand, like you know, even a pimple, like this doesn't belong on my body. Why is it here? And you move you move up on the the invader scale, like a skin tag, or or um, a mole, or like a a calcium deposit, and you just keep going up like a freaking tumor. But these people have like claws and tails and disgusting finger type things hanging out their foreheads and i just i love it i think it's just i love being disturbed i love it when something can change my mindset from a to z just by picking it up and experiencing it if you mm-hmm. can if you can change my mood and then a week later remind me how you changed my mood week previously and a year later like if you've seen the brood cronenberg's the brood you don't forget that movie and it's i love art that stays with me that haunts me sure cronenberg gave me his ghost and a ghost this book is giving me a different kind of ghost where Mm -hmm. i just i love it I i don't know how else to put it it, it's, no, absolutely it, legit. Yeah. So yes, and and the concept behind the four diff- the roundtable writers, it does not feel like there's four guys writing this book. It feels like one voice to me. Dap, do you agree? Yeah, I think the um, i I would love to see it with the same. I don't know how it would work though because of the four different because of the the different scenes. Um, 
there's a change in location. It's not just a change in location. There's a change in in the tone of the color. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah. The different characters, and and that probably. makes it not seem so seamless to me so i it's and it's you know i i would love to find out that you know they're all writing everybody's parts like it's not just one dude writing no they're not so i i um yeah they're not it they're not what they're not writing there's one one writer takes one location and right exactly and so i don't know and because i know that and because visually it's it's different. I it's hard for me to turn my brain off to say to, to yes, it does. It it doesn't. It, I agree with you where it does feel like one writer as far as the the way the, the characters are behaving and, and and how they how they interact with their surroundings, but visually it's. I can't say that it's seamless, it, 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 but it does not feel like I'm reading an anthology that's not really an right. anthology. Again. I think it would be an interesting experiment to to strip out the pages that, like the credit page and um, the back pages, where they they fess up to the fact that you know I write this part and this person mm-hmm. writes it, yeah. and give this to someone to read and see uh, if if. Like if they come away from it saying, "Is there more than one writer here?" Because it's not—it's not obvious. Like there's not is, a, a Claremont-style super dense dialogue section, right. and then there's not like a widescreen Warren Ellis section. You know, it's just—it's mm-hmm. you know, not like Warren Ellis took a chapter and and Grant Morrison is taking a character and Alan Moore. It, it, you don't. Nobody is. Nobody's trying to be smarter or bigger than the characters on the page. Right. But so, see, now to, to use a precedent, I could tell in 52 who was writing what. Oh, yeah. You definitely tell what mm-hmm. Morrison was doing. You could tell what Wade or Rucker was doing. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But in this, it's not as obvious as 52 was to me. I agree. I agree with you there. All right. So, yes, Evolution. Check it out if you like to be uh, shaken and not, and not Howard. <laughs> the uh um i we did not talk about the mighty crusaders events and i will get back to that oh so uh, did you read the second one i did read the second one. Oh my god why was, didn't i order these in single issues i don't this is silly because i'm did you uh no <laughs> You kidding oh. me? No, of course I didn't. I didn't know what was happening. I didn't know what was happening until I saw the the, the new release list that week. Um, and I'm not going to take this moment to um, to, to to rail on um, publishers who do ridiculous things and and make it harder for you to read their stories. But I will say at this moment in time, for my inner travels, I will just echo and implore you all to do what Vince said last week and get yourself some Spirits of Vengeance. It Ooh, is yes. the first three issues. Wow. Five issues. I fucking love the first three issues. It looks... When you write, you write, Vince. Seriously. Um, I don't know. I didn't think, because 
I'm, I'm told I'm a purist at times. I didn't think I was really going to groove to this version of, of, of Albion's interpretation of Johnny Blaze's Ghost Rider, but I'm really, really digging it. And the um, I'm just glad we don't have the goddamn car anymore. Oh well, that's because it's not. It's Fucking not. Uh, <laughs> it's, 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 Is that it's character John, still around? Think? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Oh. Um, but uh, Andre Moss's colors are fantastic on um, about him. But I, you know, they're just. I I think the idea of the whole. Judas with the thirty pieces of silver, and this is the weapon. That, I mean, it's it's insane, and and I hope, um, and and only because I, I I saw it on Twitter earlier today. But um, shout out to Gisler because I hope everything's okay. He's on his way. He was at an airport, and according to his his, his tweet, he's um, waiting to board a flight because his father is having heart surgery. So I hope everybody is okay and. Um, pull through but this was a um i i, I think it it looks amazing i i've liked this stuff for, for some time now this is um this is just i i like blade i like hellstrom i love john blaze so this is um this 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 hits all all the sweet spots for me i think it's um I think it's a home run. I I doubt we'll get a hardcover, but if we do, I'm on it. You won't. Yeah. No, you won't. The uh, collected edition was offered last previews, and it's the soft cover. I'm not surprised. It's either this and previews or last, but it's the soft cover. Ah, that is. But it's um. Mm-hmm. But definitely get it. It's it's. Uh, it's crazy. It's and it, and you don't need to be concerned about the events. You don't need to read, you know, the Mateus's defenders or the Guggenheim blade or monsters unleashed or, or, or Jason Aaron's ghost rider, which I heard is decent. You know, they're just, there are things that you can, um, it's right. Uh, no, this is you, you're going to have fun with it. It's, it's witty. It's clever. It's it's uh, it's gorgeous, and even though, and, and the demons, man, holy crap! I mean, with all the teeth, it's just dude, seriously, it's, seriously, ladies, gents, get it, read it, love it, and you'll 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 have a blast with this bad boy. Excellent. Um, I uh, a couple things. Dap, don't we have a shout out to do? We do have a shout out. Thank you so very much. I yes, had sir. Slack since I was having some problems. I got it if you need it. Sweet, go for it. Okay. Uh, special shout out to Mr. Brent Hibbard, who is the latest member of the EUC Illuminati tier. Thank you so much, Mr. Hibbard. You are a mere five in months and change away from getting your care package, which I think um, I have to give uh, our patrons some love. Those that have received care packages in the first. Uh, two months that we've been doing them have been very kind in showing them off to the broader EOC audience. So um, take yourselves, uh, avail yourselves of those. Um, also, uh, a couple things as we set the table for the rest of the month. Next week on Thursday the 18th will be the 11 O'Closkers, which is uh, our celebration of the year that was. Um, 
We've talked about it a bunch. If you are listening to this on Friday or Saturday, you pretty much are almost out of time to submit a ballot if you have not done so. But in all reality, I probably won't get to collating the votes until Sunday evening. So you have until then. Uh, if you're not familiar with where to go to vote, you can go to tinyurl.com backslash 11 o'clock comics, and that will take you to the ballot on Google. You can answer one question. You can answer 40 questions. doesn't matter. Just uh, anything you feel strongly about, please go ahead and contribute. I have to say we were um, – I had set a goal about a week or two ago of 500 responses. We were grossly short of that uh, going into this work week and through the uh, wonderful um, passing it on of our uh, – Twitter peeps and Facebook peeps and uh, some of our creator peeps, a special shout out to, to Rob Liefeld because when he retweeted it, we got about 50 votes in like, like 20 minutes after he retweeted it. Um, but either way, we've, uh, we've nearly tripled uh, the votes this week from uh, where we started on Monday. So much love to you all. And uh, it's been a nice, diverse, uh, eclectic set of votes, which is what we were hoping for. So we'll be doing that show next Thursday. We also have our bonus and book of the month shows to do uh, this month. And we have a special guest in two weeks as well. So action-packed few weeks um, for those of you who uh, care about uh, knowing what's to come. And uh, as for my in my travels, uh, in your travels rather, uh, fresh in my DCBS box this week was a gloriously oversized soft cover by uh, Image Shadowline, uh, $19.99 cover price. I believe we paid $9.99 through DCB service. That is Cowboy Ninja Viking, the deluxe edition, uh, written by A.J. Lieberman with art by our boy, one of, uh, one, of the, one of the greats in the biz today, Mr. Riley Rossmo. And... Uh, this collects all 10 issues of said series, which came out, I'd like to say, I don't know, about six, seven years ago, maybe. Seems Feels right. about right. Yeah. 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 Um, I will, uh, I'll take right from the back cover what, what it's about. Uh, tasked with creating a counterintelligence unit, Dr. Sebastian Gislaine turned to those long thought useless to society, patients with multiple personality disorder. Now all but one of these triplets has gone rogue, and it's up to the cowboy ninja Viking to find and stop this band of ridiculously disturbed but highly effective assassins. It is as over-the-top as that description sounds. Our, our anti-hero is the aforementioned cowboy ninja Viking. One of my favorite things about this book, and something I remembered vividly, even though it had been a long time since I read it when it came off the shelves, is that um, the the... the Word balloons for Cowboy Ninja Viking are uh, have little affectations of a uh, ninja sword, a pistol, or an, a battle axe, so that you know which personality is speaking. And I just adore that. And 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 that holds the same for other triplets as well, the, the villains uh, in the book. So super well done book. And it's um, you know, one of the things I think that Riley deserves a ton of credit for is how adaptable he is. I think if you were to look at 10 Riley Rossmo series, you'd see 10 different artistic interpretations. 
he really goes out of his way, I think, more than most working artists to have a distinct look with each of his his projects. And I think if you were a fan of, say, the Batman Shadow stuff that we talked up a few months ago, um, this looks very different from that. And uh, but but no, but but all but still fantastic. Um, and um, I have to say, revisiting the series has been a blast. I'm about halfway through rereading it. Um, and I was wondering why they put this out like now, because, you know, there's never coincidence. And apparently I didn't realize this, but it says it right on the, uh, the indicia here. It is soon to be a, a major motion picture. Yep. Starring Mr. Chris Pratt, AKA star Lord. So the, there you go. Can't wait to see that. Should be fun, right? Should be. Yep. Yeah. I just, I just hope the creators got a nice uh, windfall from there. Oh, I'm sure they got stacked up. Good, 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 good. All right, everybody. Hey, thank you for being here with us. We really appreciate it. Come to our uh, Facebook page, uh, our Twitter, uh, 11com where you will see a gallery illustrating everything we talked about this episode. Uh, in the meantime, Salty Man, stay away. You will come back. Say good night. David. Ooh, sweet. Good night. David. That was me sucking air in. No. Yes. Waiting for it. That was good. I like that. There you go. All right, people. We'll be back. That's a warning and a promise. We love you so much. We do. Wow, look at you. Right? Mm-hmm. You're all you're all full of the love. It's the eleven o'clock because it always brings it out in you. Sure, it yeah. does. Yeah. And I'm excited for our guest, one of my favorites. Yep, it's true. And I'm excited for Book of the Month because it is the start of my marathon. We're gonna read the first arc of Astro City, and as our patrons know, I have said that my year long project is going to be to read for the first time all of Astro City. I am taking my pants off. But but you're well, for you always. What this was uh this is I believe the first first edition trade. Um copyright nineteen ninety five. So this may yeah, I think this is not the. This is the version I'm reading, but yeah, this is this is it. So, nice. oh crap, I forgot how wordy it is. It's very wordy. It is holy shit. Yep. What Astro City? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, man. Shit. By the way, can we set a goal? I'm gonna, I'm going to put it out there. I I would love for us to be the show that gets a nice long sit down chat with Kurt Busick because he does not do podcasts. And he, I think he's one of the great writers of his generation, and sure. nobody talks about him. So that should be our goal. Use our charm to get Mr. Busick to come on our show. Well, your charm. Or not. Or your not. Ch- your charm. Yeah. Our charm. We've got lots of charm. As do you. Come back, people. We're out of here. Next week, like Kurt Busick. Just reached a place where
where the willow don't bend There's not much more to be said It's the top of the end I'm going I'm going I'm gone mm. I'm closing the book Down the road.